0: Welcome back to another episode of the Media Boat Podcast, your weekly episode of Talk Shop on movies, TV, music, and video games. Not necessarily in that order. My name is Mike. His name is Matt. My name is Matt. His name is
1: Mike. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Media Boat Podcast. It is June the 10th, 2023. This is episode 387. And uh, we have a lot to talk about. Who boy, things are heating up in every industry right now. We've got more strike votes. We've got video game conferences. We've got movies stuff. we got thoughts on everything. Yeah, we got thoughts on everything. Things are
0: happening in the world. So let's get into it. <laughs> We're going to try to keep it to a two-hour show. Eh, we'll see.
1: So, we'll start. That's what we thought last week, and we did it at a cool hour 40. So who knows, honestly.
0: Eh, same thing. I know, the week before, <laughs> we went to 2.30, but yeah. Yeah, you know. All right. Anyways, let's get right into it. We start uh, as we always do with the music section. Yes. We start the music section with the Billboard, and we start the Billboard with the Hot 100. Yeah. And your hottest song in the land is "Last Night" uh, by Morgan Wallen. Won't go. He won't go away. And number two, "Karma" hey. by Taylor Swift, featuring Ice Spice. Yes, yeah, specifically the
1: Ice Spice remix of this song is the one that is a number two hit. Uh, I love the original one, and I'm happy to see Carmen here, but the Ice Spice one- version of it is a worse version of the song. I'm just going to say, I don't dislike Ice Spice. I think the verse is fine. Well, but the momentum of the original song works way better as a single to me, and it's sad to see that that's
0: not the one that she
1: is putting out as a single.
0: So this is the, we're all going to check it out because <laughs> the new release. Right. And <laughs> it was the hyped up one by Taylor. Yeah. So next week, it's going to see it drop.
1: We'll get to it in the Billboard 200. But yes, it was um, because of that re-release of Midnight's that this is here. But
0: yeah, eh, I'm so happy to see Taylor uh, have a real bop on the top five, though. Coming in at three, Flowers by Miley Cyrus. At four, All My Life by <laughs> Lil Durk. Yeah. Featuring J. Cole. Mm-hmm. So
1: he's there. He's,
0: he's there. And rounding out your top five, Calm Down. By Rima and Selena hey.
1: Gomez.
0: Right, yeah. Yes. As for your album chart, your Billboard 200 at number one, it is yes. Midnight by Taylor Swift. Yes, getting that re-release bump after the Till
1: Dawn edition. Um, enough Taylor Swift fans, enough Swifties stor- sh-
0: stormed those streaming networks to get this up to number one. And purchased in person, yes, <laughs> it's number one. That too. Uh, but that means she is out of the Morgan sandwich, because at number two, <laughs> okay. One Thing at a Time by Morgan Wallen. No one wants to be in a Morgan sandwich. Uh, but at three, Almost Healed by Lil Durk. Durk. So he's there in both the 100 and the 200. Yep. Uh, coming in at four, SOS by SZA. Still mm-hmm. in that top still five. hanging out. And rounding out your top five, as mentioned, it's a sandwich. So you gotta put yeah. the butt and bread at the end. The
1: butt is right
0: dangerous the double <laughs> album by morgan wallen
1: sos is wild to think about it still being here. it came out in december
2: mm-hmm.
1: of last year well midnights came out in october of last year that's true but it's not like sos this is like a new version of sos no it's the
0: same same record and before you angrily attack our emails yes <laughs> Dangerous. The double album came out before even the Well, yeah, I know,
1: but that's not like that's not interesting because we know <laughs> that, that he's the reason why Dangerous is back is because he has a new record on uh, yes. the thing, and so everybody's like, "Oh, I'm just gonna stream them back to back forever because I love terrible
0: people." Because um, yeah, yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? I mean, you're gonna listen to new releases. Hopefully, what do we well, I don't know what you're listening to, but here are <laughs> the new releases. A lot this week? Uh, starting with Let There Be Music by Bonnie Dune. Mm-hmm. And no relation to Bonnie Bear. No, different. No. <laughs> this is Bonnie Dune. <laughs> Bo-
1: Bo- Bonnie. Bonnie.
0: Bonnie. Bonnie. Okay. Uh, emotional Contracts by Deer Tick. Next, Off Planet by Django Django. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have Peace. Like a river, <laughs> by Govd Mule. That's Government Mule. Yeah. Uh, Sugar the Bruise by Hand Habits. <laughs> Michael by Killer Mike. Okay, big uh, deep breath before this next one. Uh, I thought we were going to talk about how Killer Mike is not putting on a new album. Oh, that's what you're going with. No, 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 you're going to need the deep breath for the next uh, album name. Oh, because it's uh, one of our favorites. Yes. (sighs) Petrodragonic Apocalypse or Dawn of Eternal Night, colon, and Annihilation of Planet Earth (laughs) and the Beginning of Merciless Damnation. (laughs) By none other than me, but favorite, <laughs> King Gizzard and the Wizard Lizard. Lizard Wizard. Lizard Lizard. Wizard Lizard. Wizard Lizard, Lizard, Lizards. It's a different thing. King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Are you so are you
1: excited to listen to all of Petrodragonic Acopo- Apocalypse or Dawn of Eternal Night, Annihilation of Planet Earth, and the
0: Beginning of <laughs> Mercil- Merciless Damnation? I mean, <laughs> is this number six of the six albums that we're going to put out? <laughs> I don't know,
1: but it certainly
0: feels like it is. Uh, it's definitely a mouthful of six albums. Yeah, jeez. All right. Uh, we also have Black Elvis 2 by <laughs> Cool Keith yeah. with 2Ks. Yeah. The Good Witch by Maisie Peters. In Times New Roman, <laughs> dot, 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 by Queens of the Stone Age. Yes, that Queens of the Stone Age. They're back. Uh, there's also Day of the Dug. Yeah. <laughs> By Volt, (laughs) And lastly, King of a Land by Yusuf and Cat Stevens? So, no. So, Cat Stevens. Goes by Yusuf. So, I think
1: what it is, is that Cat Stevens was known as Cat Stevens for a while. and According to that name, he then decided to refer to himself as Yusuf Islam for a while. And then now it seems like they're interchangeable, so he's credited as both. Okay. He's like, he decided, like, okay, I'm just, I, some people still call me Cat Stevens, so I guess I'm going to just accept this, and I go by both
0: names now. So that's how he's credited. You don't get double pay, though. <laughs> no. So Same him. guy. Okay. <laughs> Same guy. Who knows? Any
1: uh, Cat Stevens fans, when I comment <laughs> and let us know what's going on, email us. All right.
0: <laughs> well, let's get into some music news. Yeah. And just like us, um, a music, B- BBR music group has decided to drop one of its artists just from us. its lexicon, just like us. Just like us? Yep, just like us. Okay. Because uh, I think this is officially where we're going to no longer talk about Jimmy Allen. Yeah, I think this is probably it. Um, I just wanted to
1: include this here because, hey, actual repercussions happens. And you, you love when
0: repercussions happen. Yes. Uh, the label... BBR Music Group confirmed to Variety late Friday that they have dropped singer, country singer Jimmy Allen after a second woman mm-hmm. sued him for sexual assault. Quote, BBR Music Group has dissolved its relationship with Jimmy Allen. He is no longer an active artist on its roster. End quote. Mm-hmm. So as mentioned, the country singer was previously put on suspension by the label as well as his agency and manager in the wake of being sued by his former female yeah. manager for sexual assault and battery. Yeah, This is a second person coming forward right. and issuing a
1: lawsuit. Yeah, that's new this week. Um kind of corroborating the already the, the existing uh case that already was uh talked about in the media. It's just yeah. It's like when start when you, they start coming out of the woodwork like this then that you know that there's a huge problem. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the classic saying is, is, like, when you hear, like, two or three people speak up, you have to think about, oh, there's probably, like, dozens more that haven't yet. Like, those stories don't come out of nowhere. Like, there's got to be some sort of pattern here. Um, If you really want to know details that are out there, it involves um, um, him uh, allegedly taping an intimate encounter uh, without the partner knowing. Doesn't seem great for Jimmy Allen. It seems like uh yeah, his just his reputation has like completely gone away. Um here's my question. Do you think that if Apple TV pursues a second season of My Kind of Country, you, they get a new host?
0: I think they <laughs> put Casey <laughs> Muskers on the list. Oh, that would be that would be good. I could see that. I could see that. Although she's already a producer on the show. Yeah, but you get yeah. her, we Mickey Guyton, and Orville Peck. Yeah, I just have those three. Just those three. Yeah, that's
1: a, that's a pivot, um, unless Casey's too busy, which could happen. Um, but yeah, yeah, Jimmy Allen's not returning to that mm-hmm. show, nor is he returning to a whole lot. We probably just won't see him for a very long time. But yeah, man, it's good to, like I said, good to see repercussions. Um, good to see these stories coming out and this being, as, uh, like, you know, co- like the conversation happening about this. Um, and man, yeah, just Jimmy Allen, just what a disappointment. What a huge disappointment.
0: Speaking of huge disappointments... No, not really. I think this is the second story is largely good news. Well, no. According to Twitter, it was a huge disappointment that Taylor Swift actually sang <laughs> Haunted in Detroit and only a select people were there to hear it. Hey, you
1: know what? That's the thing with all our secret songs on the Eras tour. You just have to accept, <laughs> I missed it and uh, I'm just screwed. Like, I, there's a, I saw a TikTok joke that was pretty good. Uh, about the SoFi dates since in the last mm-hmm. dates of the, the, the U.S. tour. Yeah. Everybody was like, when Taylor runs out of secret songs, they're just going to be rocking out to one of the demo, like the, the, the voice recording demos from the
0: 1989 deluxe version. <laughs> like, yep, mm-hmm, yeah. she's going to get down to that one. But, well, before she gets down to that, yeah. Taylor Swift has revealed the full track list yeah. for Speak Now, Taylor's version, including her two duet partners uh, would be on the previously unrecorded Vault Tracks. Yes, we now know what the Vault Tracks will be. Yep, they are none other than Paramores, Haley Williams, and Fall Out Boy. Yeah, Fall Out Boy is here. Not specifically like Pete Wentz of Fall Out Boy, but actual, like full Fall Out Boy. Uh, So, Taylor Swift wrote on social media, quote, I'm very, in all caps, (laughs) excited to show you the back cover of Speak Now, my version, Taylor's version, (laughs) uh, including the Vault tracks and collaboration with Haley Williams uh, from Paramore and Fall Out Boy. Since Speak Now was all about my songwriting, I decided to go to the artists who I feel influenced me most powerfully (laughs) as a lyricist at that time and ask them to sing on the album. They're so cool and generous for agreeing to support my version of Speak Now. I recorded this album when I was 32, <laughs> and still growing up, yeah. and can't wait to unveil it to you all on 7-7. Of
1: course, that that is a reference to Innocent on Speak Now, 32, and still growing up now. Uh, but yeah, yes, this is kind of a retribution for all those Swifties who are like, Oh yeah, she was a secret emo kid in the two thousands. Yes, we know that about Taylor. I don't this, think that was a secret. <laughs> this is not a secret. No, yeah, she said she's been on the record in interviews before saying that uh, Fall Out Boy and Paramore and bands from that era greatly influenced her songwriting. In fact, I remember people talking about when um, we like "Love Story" and "You Belong with Me" were singles. They were like, "Oh, like she's taking this like very emo style songwriting, confessional songwriting, and parrying it, parrying it with uh, country pop." Mm-hmm. And what it, well, it's kind of true is that, like, that was kind of one of her innovations early on with Taylor. And so, yeah, like, this is kind of pay off for all of that. It's cool to see. Um, one little nugget of Swifty lore, at, uh, or I guess Swifty slash Paramore fan lore, is... Paralore? That, Paralore, if you will. <laughs> um, there, The song that Hayley Williams is duetting on is called Castles Crumbling. And a lot of people pointed out, wait a minute, a year before speak now uh paramore was touring with taylor and um it's been known that Haley and her were friends at the time mm-hmm. and there is a song on the 2009 paramore record brand new eyes called brick by boring brick which has the core as a chorus that references uh building a castle <laughs> and so people are like are those are these songs linked in some way is this song about Haley?" also um to add to Swifty Lore, one of our other good friends at the time was Emma Stone. And one of the songs in the vault, the other vault song here, is called When Emma Falls in Love. And everybody thinks that this is a song about Emma Stone. And Andrew Garfield? No, I think this predates the Andrew Garfield stuff by a couple of years. Because like I said, Before she the Spider-Man. released
0: this in 2010. Spider Man was 2011. So, yeah, so this is before so when, they would have met, I guess. No, it would have been while they met on they set. Were filming. Yeah, uh, while they were on set.
1: So, who knows? Obviously, we won't know a whole lot of details until these vault songs are released because, unlike a lot of the previous vault songs on the re records, these we have largely not heard of. Hmm. Uh, we have not heard these. Um, maybe bits and pieces of them, but largely these three songs that I'm referencing are completely new. So, we'll see. We'll see what they're about. We'll see if any
0: of these theories are true. On July 7th. Uh, let's see here, that is four weeks away? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're on the 10th here, so yeah. Four weeks away. So look forward to that. Uh, we'll be listening to that and giving our thoughts on it when it arrives. Speaking of thoughts. Speaking of thoughts, did you listen to anything?
1: So, no, um, I was doing some more uh, podcast catch-up this week, um, because there's a lot of video game things happening. And so I was occupied doing that.
0: So I did not get to any of the new releases. All right. I got to two of them. Okay. Surprisingly. enough, uh, but That's also because they're both short, each about okay. like 35 minutes. That's good. Even though there's like 14 and 13 tracks on them. <laughs> they they're quick. They're very quick. They're very short tracks. Oh, that's good. Yes. Yeah. So we'll start. Uh, we'll go in one direction and we'll go back in the other. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yes, because we're going to start with uh, the One Directioner. Niall. Not that, yes, not the one you're thinking of. Not even that one you're thinking of. Not even that one. And not that third one you're thinking of. The fourth one you're thinking of. Yes, Niall Horan. <laughs> don't worry, we won't we won't get to the fifth one. Yeah, no, no one knows
1: what he's up to. I don't <laughs> even remember his name. Let's see. So there's Harry. There's
0: Niall. There's Zane. Yes. There's. No, 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 there's it's Harry Zane, then Niall. Okay, and then. Uh, and then were the rest. <laughs> and the rest the rest <laughs> alright so Niall Horn, um, following in Harry Styles album uh, that came out last year Harry's House yeah has put out his own summer album called The Show and Louis Louis Tomlinson I got Is it there Louis? yeah okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got there I feel like we're still missing one but it's fine I figured out at least one of the ones we missed <laughs>
0: And the rest. Okay, keep going. All right. Um, So, yeah. uh, He put out a new album called The Show. This is his, I want to say, second album now? Probably. That sounds right. Um, And it's still a, feels like a compilation album of he doesn't know where he wants to go. Yeah. It's a lot of both, like, pop and ballads and some stuff in between. Definitely feels like he takes a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of inspiration from Harry's House from last year. (laughs) to put into this album, but it also feels like he's trying a lot of different things. Some of it works, some of it doesn't. Mm. So it's a really, really, really strong album of a mileage may vary.
1: Yeah,
0: A lot of stuff in the beginning kind of works. It kind of feels like if you listen to Harry's House and uh, the show, they kind of mesh together. Put them into a playlist blender. It's like, oh, yeah, these guys were in a band. And, yeah. together. and they are kind of like, have those good voices, those same kind of vibes. Similar sensibilities. Yeah. But it's not a full album. Um, there, it's not. I don't feel like the full like through line through the album. It's as we mentioned before, uh, especially with Harry's house. He goes for the singles. It's it's rarely single based. It's really like song based and not like a full album. So mileage may vary for Niall Horan, the show.
1: Okay, alright. I sound like I'll personally probably just skip it, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if there are people who are out there who are like. I'm waiting for Nile's record. <laughs>
0: well, it's here. <laughs> that person probably exists. Now let's go to the complete opposite side of no, that spectrum yeah. for that. Yeah. For someone who knows what they want. Yes. Knows <laughs> has put out several Grammy award-winning albums. Yeah. Um, on, uh, last time we saw her was with Ryan Johnson. Right. Uh, Glass Onion. Glass Onion. Uh, yeah, kind of a renaissance woman.
1: Uh, she's everywhere. She's acting. She's writing sci-fi novels. She's doing, like, still doing music, and she's just, like, out there living her life.
0: Uh, so, yeah, Janelle Monae
1: uh, is who we're talking about.
0: Yep, and um, she put on an album uh, called The Age of Pleasure. And... With a name like that, you know what you're getting into. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is, I know you don't want me to say baby-making music. <laughs> It is, a, it is a media podcast staple. Yes. That I hate. <laughs> but you insist on saying it. Okay. So it's not technically baby making music, but. No, no, it's especially the...
1: because uh, it seems like suggested in these videos that uh,
0: <laughs>
1: she's not doing it with anybody that is going to create a baby through their
0: lovemaking. There's going to be extra steps involved. It's just babies with extra steps. <laughs> Uh, but instead, it's the feeling of love, the sure. the like being in love, like wanting to be in love, like those initial feelings, kind of like with um, Casey Musgraves' okay. album uh, "Golden Hour," mm-hmm. with even Taylor Swift's album "Lover," where it's all about the feeling in love, that passion, that pleasure, the age of pleasure, sure, uh, and. It's a full album. Mm-hmm. There is a single through line. Each cool. track bumps up ne- to the next one, to where you don't want to skip around. Cool. It goes start to finish, and you feel like it's a night on the town with Janelle Monae, <laughs> and it's a, a pleasure night for her. <laughs> she's having some fun. Yeah, yeah, she's having some fun. Yeah, um, going some places, experimenting with people. all these different feelings at one point it feels like she's at a dinner party Uh and just like is talking to random like all these different people but in song verse okay all right so it's real cool it's real cool it's real creative uh it's definitely a full album so like if you start this just go from start to finish it feels like a like a good trip into the like a day or a night with janelle So, I have a question. So, one, are
1: you are you um, a longtime fan? Have you listened to her previous uh, records before
0: a whole lot? Or is this, you're kind of coming into Janelle's music here? I see her. I was a fan of her when she did the ESPYs in like a 10 years yeah. ago.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, Why I ask is because this seems like a bit of a departure for her because her last few records are very were very much built to be in this sci-fi world that she mm-hmm. created. They were about like, very highfalutin sci-fi concepts about like androids and what it was to be human and stuff like that. Oh no, there's seems a song. Seems like she on, is departing
0: from that. Oh no, there's a song on here that's just straight up. I want you to kiss me on my neck. I want yeah. you to leave a hickey right there. So it seems like she's going more literal, more
1: grounded, more about yeah. like personal relationships. She's kind of out of the sci-fi zone here. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Uh, do you think that that makes sense as a pivot for her, like, or is it even a pivot? Because I feel like there were still love songs and. Songs about sex on those records. It's just that it was kind of in that universe,
0: and here's just like, eh, we don't need to do that anymore. I, I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's more of just a continuation of that. Mm-hmm. Outside of like the like, kind of like a growing up, coming to age. Even though she's our age. Ah, uh, yeah. If if not like if about, a year old, a year older. Not like I don't know. She's yeah. around. She's in the ballpark. Yeah. Yeah, where it's out of like the like you said the sci-fi stage of like. Mm-hmm like it, it, the reason people go into sci-fi is because it's, they want to escape from the current world yeah. that they're in yeah although nowadays it seems like the world is becoming
1: a sci-fi novel and we, we need to escape from that as fast as possible
0: no no, no. You're, <laughs> you're thinking of escape from new york which is a sci-fi movie <laughs> oh god yeah which is a sequel to escape from la which is also a sci-fi movie yeah speaking of like geez, shout out to
1: everybody on the east coast right now dealing with those wildfire fumes Yes, uh, us in
0: California, can't wait to experience that in October.
1: God, yeah, no, it'll be here too. But yeah, like, stay safe, stay inside, um, wear some masks outside. You got them? You've probably still got a stash of them in a box somewhere in your bedroom. Go dig that out of your closet and uh, wear those outside because, yeah, you don't want to be breathing that smoke.
0: It's like that old, like, Twitter joke roams around uh, where you pull out a face mask from your pocket. Remember the good old times as you... Wander the wastelands of New York. Seriously, it's uh, how it looks out there. Geez, it looks like Fallout 4 out there.
1: <laughs> New Vegas, actually, was the one with kind of like the orange tint. Yes. So it just looks like New <laughs> Vegas out there. Uh, but all joking aside, stay safe. Yeah, like protect yourself with masks if you have them.
0: Yes, stay inside. Listen to the Age of Pleasure. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, so yeah, you recommend this? You yeah, had I had a good time it. with
1: it. Yeah, I had a good time with it. Yeah, i uh, definitely. There's very
0: explicit warning on there. Oh,
1: oh. Do, do, do we watched the same video, we know what to expect. <laughs> The, the the video for what is that song uh kiss something
0: uh kiss my neck
1: no 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 the one no. with the video I don't
0: remember
1: yeah yeah it's yeah but yeah I, I'll, I'll definitely check this out oh uh, real briefly I caught up on some stuff from the previous week I listened to the Foo Fighters record yes I agree with everything you said it feels like a return to form I especially like the real passion in those last two songs mm-hmm. it really feels like a a like a cathartic
0: okay we a release in a way. Well, especially that last one, the teacher, Yeah.
1: yeah geez. where it's like, I'm going
0: to take what you taught me and it's go forward. Yeah, it's surprisingly affecting.
1: Like, I don't think, if somebody told me, like, you will be emotionally affected by a Foo Fighters song <laughs> uh, at the beginning of the year, I'd be like, hell no, I won't. And yet, here I am. I was like, wow, and yeah, here we are.
0: And um, yet, here we are. And so, yeah, I really
1: enjoyed it. Uh, I don't know if it's something I'm going to return to a lot, but they they did they, they, uh, they did the assignment. <laughs> they knew what they needed to do, and they made a record that uh, actually felt like really heartfelt. And um, good for them. So, yeah,
0: I enjoyed it. I watched you listen to it. Yeah, it's cool. All right, let's move on yep. to the section I'm most excited to talk about today. All right, so we got a lot to talk about here yeah. because it's video game season, and that means it's E3 well, is what we would have it's said. It's Key 3. It's Key 3. Jeff yes,
1: Keely. Jeff Keely. Jeff Keely's 3. Keely. It's the Summer Game Fest, is what it's
0: officially called. Yes. Uh, but before we get to that, we have new releases. We do. Starting with. Dored Gone. Doored on Dordogne. Dordog. For everything. Know. If you can play it, you can pronounce it. <laughs> if you pronounce it, you can play it. That's <laughs> up uh, for everything. Uh, we also have Jack Jean <laughs> for the Switch. <laughs> Layers of Fear. Which I believe is a remake of Layers of Fear. For the uh PS5, Xbox Series X and PC, so it's an yeah. uh HD. D. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I call it an 4K remaster. it's know, on current, current platforms end platforms is what you can say okay unlike this next title which is titled <laughs> pixel ripped 1978 I don't know for the PS5 and PC uh, also... I think 1978 I think video games <laughs> <laughs> that's why the pixels yeah, it's... ripped from it space uh, there's also park <laughs> beyond for PS5 Xbox Series X and PC uh huh and lastly, in your other wide release, <laughs> F1 23. Or is it F1 23? No, it's F1 23. I know. But yes. <laughs> uh, that's where everything but the Switch, yeah. that's your Formula One racing game. Yeah, sorry,
1: Formula One fans who have a Switch, only you're out of luck.
0: All right. So let's get into the news then. And yeah. the big news three hour press conference. Two hour. Two hour. Well, I'm killing like, the preamble post <laughs> show uh, that I watched for three hours. Uh, for Summer Games Fest. Summer Game Fest. The yes. game is singular. The game is singular. For whatever
1: reason. I think Jeff Keighley messed up. It just be Games Fest. Uh, I feel like most people would say that that's what it is. Uh, so yeah, so the Summer Game Fest, which is, this is its third year. It started in 2020 as kind of a Jeff Keighley from home kind of presentation. Um, now it, this is the first year they did it in person. And I do think you got a little bit of energy from the crowds. But at the same time, it felt a little like a throwback to me for a few reasons. One, there are no women on stage. Which was like, what the hell? Are we in 2004? What's happening? And then um, as for what was actually shown, not a lot of big surprises. It was a lot of known quantities. We did get a couple release dates that were still on the bubble. A couple release dates that I think, yeah, are good. A couple of games that know that people did not know were in development mm-hmm. um you don't are depending who you are you might be excited for but generally speaking i think there was a kind of a low key vibe to this whole thing a lot of people just were like well that happened so uh let's go through the highlights here
0: all right so starting with one of the big highlights yeah final fantasy 7 rebirth yes got a date so, of next year. This is what they wrapped the show up. This was their one
1: last thing. Um, we show, They showed a uh, long cutscene slash gameplay presentation. It looks like that first Final Fantasy VII. Uh, mm-hmm. This a, continues the story of that. Uh, one, of the, one of the great moments was after they announced that it would be on two discs. You heard somebody in the audience go, Two discs! <laughs> Which was a wonderful moment. Uh, yeah, it really is a throwback to the, like two Blu-ray discs.
0: Like, to think about having to switch discs in the middle of the game, you haven't had to do that in two decades. Well, to be fair, this uh, Final Fantasy VII did it like originally do that, and the second disc yeah. was the open world, right? and the first disc was fully mid So you had to put in the first disc, yeah. then go to the second disc, and then go back to the first disc. So it looks like this
1: game will also carry on that kind of structure. Uh, people are expecting there to be an open world segment. Yes, to bring that over uh, from the original. There's game. definitely
0: going to be an open world, kind of like flying everywhere. It's where really you meet Sid. Right. So yeah, I mean, if you like Final
1: Fantasy VII and you like what they did with the world with the last game, uh, this continues where that left off.
0: And if you can't wait for Final Fantasy Seven uh, and then yeah. the second incarnation, uh, Final Fantasy Sixteen right. comes out next. But week after. Week after next. Week after so after yeah, next. two weeks
1: uh, until we get to talk about some, uh, well, three weeks probably, yeah. until we talk about some Final Fantasy sixteen. But in the meantime, yeah, uh, that 7 Rebirth looks okay, and people should get ready to um,
0: get excited yeah. for that. Uh, but if you're not into Final Fantasy and you own a PlayStation yeah. exclusive, <laughs> uh, for now, as we've seen, yeah. um, Spider-Man 2, yes. which was had a big reveal two weeks ago for PlayStation, right? And their um, show, summer showcase, got a release date this, uh, this time for Summer Games Fest. And sure enough, it's another October release date, October 20th.
1: Yeah, previous to this, they had said it was going to be a fall date. They didn't want to lock it down. Uh, but here we go uh, with the actual release date, October 20th. Um, this is sooner than I thought. I honestly had this as a late November, early December. Because um, I thought they would want to hit right before the holiday season. But no, this is early, Uh, so how excited are you for
0: Spider-Man 2? Uh, That is already my birthday gift. Hell yeah. yeah. Perfect timing for you. Uh, We also had an announcement for a new Prince of Persia game. Yeah. Prince of Persia, colon, The Lost Crown. This was a bit of a swerve
1: because you had uh, a couple days before this, some uh, rumors were spreading about another remake of The Sands of Time Mm -hmm. uh, being a project that Ubisoft was working on in secret. So that's why I thought this was going to be initially, but no, this is a brand new game and is a side-scroller game uh, in the spirit of the original Prince of Persia games. So they say that there will be a focus on the side-scrolling action with the same kind of smooth, fluid animation from the original games. I think neat. it's a good pivot for them because Ubisoft, you know... The story about them for the last few years is open world fatigue and towers upon towers. Doing something different, a side-scroller, I think is smart for the franchise and probably smart for Ubisoft as they're trying to probably get away from that. We'll probably see more of this and other things that Ubisoft has when they do their presentation,
0: which I believe is Monday. Right, their full Ubisoft-focused presentation. Um, Because there's a little bit of everything, including... More gameplay for Mortal Kombat 1. First gameplay
1: uh, for Mortal Kombat 1. We had only seen a teaser trailer before. This was actual fighting gameplay. Was that not actual gameplay? That Uh, wasn't before. This is. So, yeah, they showed... um, It looks like a little bit more grounded um, approach than um, 11, the last Mortal Kombat game. It seemed like a little bit more realistic. It really showcased that this is a reset for all the main characters, complete with new voice actors, new backstories, everything. So it's like they're basically... Treating this as a entry point for people who are new to the franchise, as the one implies. Uh, looks good, uh, but again, those, uh, every generation that we go on, those fatalities look gra- more and more graphic. <laughs> so prepare yourself. A lot of hearts getting smashed,
0: a lot of yes. ribcages getting broken. Prepare your it's kids. Very bloody. Keep this away from children. <laughs> Speaking of things that are very bloody, Fortnite. <laughs> not bloody at all, what do you talking all right, about Alright, so, is there anybody not in Fortnite by this point? Well, it seems
1: like they're finally gathering up the few franchises that aren't in Fortnite. Uh, the teaser they showed yesterday for the new cha- uh, season in, the new chapter, in Chapter 4 revealed a Transformers crossover, so you'll be able to play as Transformers characters, including Optimus Prime. <sighs> sure, why not? You can ride on all little raptors, apparently, too. I don't know. I have to admit, I finally canceled my Fortnite crew subscription this week because I
0: was like, I just haven't played it enough to warrant paying for it. Are you, so, are you serious? I might be. You mean in your crew of four, you yeah. could have Optimus Prime, <laughs> Goku. Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande. <laughs> yes. And uh, I want to say. Nathan Drake. Don't Nathan, say, yeah, yeah, I'll Nathan say Ge- Ma- Master Chief. Aloy, Master Chief. Aloy. Yes. Uh, any of
1: those people you could be.
0: All in your party. Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast. <laughs> All in your party of four LeBron James. Yeah, he was a character. Yeah, you could be <laughs> LeBron James if you want. Uh oh, what is what even is Fortnite? Who can say, honestly. Who can say? All uh, right. But anyway. But anyways, yeah, Optimus Prime coming to Fortnite. Yeah. Um ready your V-bucks. Yes. <laughs> uh let's see here. And um it's a surprise announcement. Yeah. Sega revealed Sonic Superstars, a uh, remake of the No, re- not a remake. Well, they showed level 1-1. They always (laughs) show Green Hill Zone,
1: because you have to show Green Hill Zone.
0: They showed it in both 8-bit, and sorry, uh, 16-bit, and, like, current CG. So this is yet another attempt
1: at trying to modernize classic Sonic gameplay, except this time, with a co-op twist. Seems like they're focused in on making a new Super Mario Bros. style co-op game Mm -hmm. uh, with the bones of the Sonic franchise. I think it looks okay. I think the chaos of it all will... Uh, help help a Sonic game be a little bit more than just a Sonic game, it looks like it could be all right. Especially right now, we're kind of on an upward trajectory for Sonic. People really liked Mania, and people thought Forces was an interesting experiment. So, um, yeah, sure. Um, I'm willing to at least
0: see if this is any good. All right. I mean, they also had Frontier, which I just saw. Oh, Frontier, not Forces. Sorry, you're right. Yeah, Frontier, Frontier, the open world. um, Right. Which you just got speedrun. We'll talk about that soon. <laughs> that was a really interesting speedrun, too. Yeah, that. Uh, let's see, Island Wake 2. Yeah. So got the October 17th uh, date. Yeah.
1: Uh, showed some gameplay of this as well. And um, they actually had one of the developers on the stage, which as soon as this happened, I was like, oh, is this what the show's going to be? Or are we going to do like this moment again? No, that was the only moment that yeah. <laughs> they gave to a developer. Uh, But yeah, we got to learn more about the characters in the world of Alan Wake 2. And they showed gameplay that looked kind of like those um, Resident Evil remakes. It looks like that's the kind of game they're making here. It looks cool. Um, I didn't play the first one, but it seems like uh, this is a good continuation of that.
0: Uh, Then they also had uh, gameplay of Yakuza Gaiden. Yes, uh the man who erased his
1: name. This is a spin-off in the uh, Yakuza slash like a dragon series. Mm-hmm. This is a shorter game, and I believe it's also going to be forty bucks. So it's a cheaper
0: game. It's not gonna be a full
1: $60. 40 hour <laughs> sixty dollar experience. Um, I
0: remember what forty dollars was a full game. <laughs> damn, yeah, I know. A long time ago. Yep, we also got a teaser trailer for upcoming Star Trek Infinite. Yep, strategy game. Strategy game. Uh, John Carpenter's Toxic Commando. Yeah, zombie game uh, with John Carpenter's see, seal of approval, so. Yes, not John Carpenter. Uh, is John Carpenter inspired, right? Well, no, no, he's actually involved. Oh, he is involved. No, he. That, his name's on the game on purpose, because oh. he
1: actually was involved in the creation of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. He loves video games. I don't yeah. know if you know this about John Carpenter. But it's pretty well established, like in interviews and stuff, he's talked about games that he's played. He loves like Fallout and stuff.
0: Oh. Yeah,
1: for reals. For reals? Yeah, for real.
0: Game fans, John old. Carpenter.
1: Old. people who like video games. I would hate to break this to you. <laughs> well, Toronto. To be fair, he's like my dad's age, and my dad likes Fallout too. So, just keep that in mind. Yeah, okay. I should say Fallout as well, not Fallout 2. I don't think he played ever played Fallout 2. <laughs> <laughs> 3, though. He put in more hours of Fallout 3 in New Vegas than I did. That's how i put it. He has, like a billion saves. It's so funny. All
0: right. Uh we also got our first look at a new bando 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 Bandai Namco <laughs> game uh from Akira Toriyama yeah. called Sand Land. Yeah, apparently I did not know this going in, but
1: it is based on a manga that Akira Toriyama, of course, of Dragon Ball fame um uh-huh. uh, wrote um but from like 20 years ago. <laughs> Like, early 2000s? And like, for whatever yeah. reason, just now, it's getting a video game adaptation. So, somebody did some digging. It was like, what else can we do with his, his um,
0: career? Well, you know, after they've redone uh, Dragon Ball, and Dragon Ball Z, and Dragon Ball Super for the yeah. fourth or fifth time. <laughs> Let's do something else. <laughs> but it looked nice.
1: I mean, obviously, his art really works well in a cell shaded video game. And this if this is no no different. Yeah.
0: Uh, then we have a Pokemon light game called Pal World. Is it light, though, or is it heavy? Because it's these Pokemon are packing. Heat. Guns. Yes, yes. Guns ablazing.
1: Yeah, Pokemon with guns. Is yes. that a thing you ever wanted? Well, here it is. I believe that's called Digimon. Well, no. I mean, like, <laughs> it's a shooter with Pokemon. Yeah,
0: Pal World is a weird name for this game. Yes. Which seems very violent.
1: <laughs> But yes, uh, Pokemon with Guns. Get ready for it. But like I said, Pokemon with Guns
0: is just Digimon.
1: Yeah, I am fascinated with this. I have no (laughs) idea. I I, I feel like it could
0: be interesting, but I guess we won't find out until January. Yep. Um, Could be something to check out in January. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, We also have uh, Lord of the Rings (laughs) Return to Moria. Because after Gollum, everyone wants another Lord of the Rings game. Well, after all, everyone wants a different Lord of the Rings game. Yeah, here it is. I mean, yeah. A yeah. survival crafting game in
1: the Mines of Moria. Uh, somebody wants this. It's probably somebody.
0: It feels more like a dungeon crawler.
1: If now, you're in the Mines. It says it bears resemblance to Deep Rock Galactic. So yeah. if you played that, it's like that kind of crafting, adventure, survival kind of co-op experience. And uh, yeah, you're excited, I'm sure, about... <laughs> more ever. information about Final Fantasy 7 ever crisis for
0: phones yes um also have Ben Banishers. Banishers. Ben <laughs> banishers Ben call him ghosts of New Eden <laughs> from the creators of vampire yeah sure Vampire. Um, that's uh, di-
1: uh um, shit what's the developer's name they, they were the originally uh the uh, bu- bu-
0: bu- 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 don't don't nod don't nod, thank you. The, the Life is Strange Life, people, yes. original Life is Strange. Uh, we had our Twisted Metal <laughs> debut on Peacock on yeah. July 27th. They showed a clip of
1: this Twisted Metal show on with Anthony Peacock. Mackie. Got Anthony Mackey and uh, Will Arnett hamming it up as the voice and only the voice of, was of Sweet, sweet Tooth. I don't know. This was weird. This was a weird clip. I feel like it didn't tell us anything about this show.
0: No, it's just supposed to say, hey, remember Twisted Metal? <laughs> yeah, remember these characters? Remember Sweet That's Dude? all it was. Who is this for?
1: Because I don't think anybody cares about Twisted Metal anymore. I don't know. Uh, Marvel Snap continues yeah. to get updates. I definitely thought a few when they announced the competitive mode finally. I was like, oh shit. Yeah.
0: It's here. It's great. Except I've seen a lot of people now complain that um, once they've unlocked all the current tier cards, which people have been playing since it started, that. To gain new cards, it takes way too long and way too exclusive for drops for them. Because yeah. well, they want you to use the in-balance currency, but once you get to that level, you're using your decks like on a consistent basis that you don't want to like influence new cards into them. Oh, okay, so you're worried this is gonna shake it up too much. Well, no, it needs to be shaken up too much. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It needs to be shaken up too much. But adding a tournament style single elimination competition mode is only going to work for so long when the cards themselves and the characters themselves aren't are, are starting to stifle mm. players the, the meta is off. Oh, I hate talking <laughs> about the meta. It's all about, that's the
1: thing about card games. No it is. They all have metas.
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, there's also a new trailer for Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Season, season four um, and Path of Exile two. Gotta do trailer. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else? I mean, they showed uh, some of that Lies of Peace, Souls
1: Like. There's a demo up if you want to play that. Nicolas Cage showed up, talked about his cameo appearance in, appearance in Dead by Daylight. Uh, there's a sequel to Yes Your Grace. Uh, what, else? what else? What else? What else? Oh, they showed a bunch of Immortals of Avium, which looks okay. It's like a magic, magic first person shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, EA is really getting behind it, which is kind of shocking. They're putting out that Honkai Star, Star Rail game on PS5. That's from the uh, Genshin Impact people. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Keep scrolling. Uh, Fey Farm, which was announced at one of the Nintendo Indie uh, things, is also coming to other consoles.
0: Uh, PC, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, throw party they animals. keep trying to shove party animals
1: down our throat. I'm just not impressed.
0: Oh, the brawler? Yeah. So the stuffed animal brawler? <laughs> every single
1: Jeff Keeley thing has had this trailer, and I'm just, like, over it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's oh, going that's to be a it. porsche themed Xbox console. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Like I said, a lot of people were disappointed um, mm-hmm. in the lack of huge, big news, but um, I wasn't really expecting there to be anything that mad, ma- major, and so, yeah, we didn't really get any huge surprises. Um, Microsoft will be the next big thing. That will be tomorrow morning. Uh, so we won't be able to talk about it on this podcast, yep. but we'll have to talk about it next time.
0: But we'll also get Ubisoft talking about it next time as well.
1: Yeah, but um, really the big one is Microsoft. They have a lot to mm-hmm. prove. This is a real make-it-or-break-it moment for them yep. because if they don't ca- like catch us up on a lot of games that they announced like three years ago, then they're really in trouble. So <laughs> really makes you wonder, what are they working on? How close are these things to actually come out? Are they coming out this year? So all of those questions kind of swirl around tomorrow's showcase. And then we'll also have that second whole show about Starfield. That will break down more information about stuff, mm-hmm. Starfield, too. So All
0: right. So that was just Summer Game yeah. Fest. But hey, there's other stuff that happened outside of it. Yeah, just a handful of bits. Uh, including Nintendo's reportedly closed to striking a deal with Universal for a Zelda movie. Yeah, it seems like this report came out of some people in the business uh,
1: that would know that talks are happening. Um, whether or not this is Illumination in an animated film, it still it seems unclear. I would guess that they will probably work
0: with Illumination. Well, they'll put it under Nintendo Pictures. Yeah, banner. that's a
1: guarantee, because that's on the Nintendo side.
0: But, but yeah, we don't know with what it will
1: be, if it will be animated, what's happening. I honestly think that if you do this, it has to be a completely different approach than Mario. The story matters more in Zelda. You need to have the a world. world. matters more. You need to have a world, you need to have characters, you need to have arcs. Because if you don't set that up and you do just what they did with the Mario movie... It's going to be nonsense, and it won't work.
0: Well, see, it's easier to do with the Mario movie because there is no plot line. The plot line is rescue the princess. You can put Mario in a lot of situations, and it won't work. Zelda, though, you
1: put Link in a specific situation.
0: We've seen Mario in a lot of situations before. We've seen him play tennis. We've seen him play go-karts. We've seen him do golf. Has Link driven a go-kart as well? Yes. but
1: Link has been on the Links. (laughs) Yeah, he's not been on the Links, ironically enough. But, but yeah, no... um, I think that, yeah, if they're going to do this, they have to do it differently. And fingers
0: crossed they can pull it off because it's going to be a lot more difficult than Mario was. Uh, people will be a lot more in tune mm-hmm. to keeping track of the lore. Yes. Uh, let's see, we also have, in other news, yeah. Atlas has accidentally <laughs> revealed Persona 3 Reloaded and Persona 5 Tactica Early On Instagram. Yeah, I guess their social media person kind of jumped
1: the gun. They were going to uh, reveal it later in that same day. It kind of came out early. So 3 Reload is, as it suggests, a uh, remake of Persona
2: 3.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, And Persona 5 Tactica, as that name implies, is a tactics game starring characters from Persona 5. Both of these games, though, in a weird twist, will be available day one on Game Pass. Hmm. So Atlas's partnership with Microsoft Releasing the previous Persona games on Game Pass was not a fluke. It seems like they have a working relationship with, with each other, and these will be day one Game Pass games. So if you have Game Pass and you like Persona, hey, you're in luck. Um, yeah, uh, the, the one question I have is, does this remake of Persona Three still have you shooting yourself in the head? I feel like times have changed a little bit. I Wonder if people are a little more sensitive to that now. Um, makes you, it, uh, yeah. We'll see. I guess if those kids are still, if those teenagers
0: are still shooting themselves in the head. I mean, it's called Reload, so it's, it doesn't apply, doesn't it? Uh, it doesn't apply when to do it again. <laughs> so Persona people, uh, let us know. Anyway. Uh, I wonder if they really announced it early if, as a like a. East Coast, West Coast. Like I, don't I forgot know. what to say like time zone, time zone is I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who can say? All right. Uh, we also have a little update from Annapurna Interactive. That they will hold its next game showcase later this month. Yeah, so I mentioned this specifically because apparently the
1: quote that came out alongside this announcement was they're going to announce their biggest thing ever yet. Which implies that Something that Annapurna is publishing, something huge,
0: something big is coming. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> uh,
1: I don't, I have no idea honestly what it could possibly be. So, this is going
0: to be a surprise potentially. Um, let's see here. Yeah, it's a crossover with an upcoming movie. <laughs> Man, I doubt it. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, we also had an uh, announcement from Madden yeah. NFL 24 revealed again ahead of its August release. That will feature crossplay. Yeah, first for the franchise, you'll be able to play
1: uh, crossplay uh, f- between people on other platforms. Mm-hmm. So if you have a person who always buys Madden for PlayStation and a person who always buys Madden for Xbox, you guys can finally play with each other. It finally happened. It finally is They finally happening. built their servers. So there you go. I'm or sure we'll learn. Their servers. I'm sure we'll learn very soon who is going to be your cover athlete for. Oh, America they already before. showed who. Oh, who's
0: who's was, did they? Yes, Josh Allen. Okay. All right. Uh, he is on the cover for the um, standard and deluxe version. No word. Yeah. You know, who's going to be the legacy um, um, Madden cover athlete. Who can say? Let's see. Not the, Aaron Rodgers. He's not He's not retired yet. <laughs> right?
1: He's still playing. He's
0: a jet now. Yes. Oh, God. Because when you're a, a jet, jet, you're, you're a, a, jet a jet all, jet, all the, the way. Yeah. I, I almost made that joke. <laughs> You I can left, bet he's a jet. Left that for you there. Okay. Anyways. All right. Anyways. Um. We also had an announcement of new Pikmin Four trailer, which revealed the character creation system. Yeah. And that PlayStation, unfortunately, would won't be attending Gamescom twenty twenty three. Which means, like I keep saying, that showcases all we're getting. Like
1: that yeah. is gonna be just what we have for a while. Well, they did announce pretty much everything through October. Yeah. So. But nothing for the future. There's a lot of questions. Just like Xbox, really. Xbox and PlayStation are in more similar situations than you think. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, it seems like, and Nintendo, actually. All three of them is like, well, what else? What do we have? When? What is the future? Out? What is the future? It's just, it feels like all
0: first-party output is just really slow lately. So we'll see. And couple, two last bits here. Uh, Some more games done quick, wrapped up. Officially, yeah. accumulated two point two million dollars. Good job. uh They had to hit the two million dollar mark in order to do a blindfold speed run. Yes. Of Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, which I heard was incredible. Did you? No. You, oh, and it's so. I it, yet, but I heard some things. Crazy. Yeah. uh yeah, I, I was only able to watch, like, the first hour because they it was, like, at midnight our time. Yeah, I was, like, that's why I didn't. One o'clock. <laughs> I was like, oh, come on. You're so close. I know you just want to do it, but, like, can we just please just start the game? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, by the time I got an hour, I was like, oh, God, I can't keep my eyes open. I'm just going to fall asleep. Like, but the stuff they were doing and how far they got within that first hour, I was like, wait, is this game really not that hard or is he just really that good? Maybe both the fact <laughs> <a good laughs> that you're doing it blindfold and able to get through several of the temples yeah blindfolded in an hour that's good game design that's all that is is like give me enough
1: cues that I can follow without necessarily just relying on visuals yeah yeah,
0: smart and lastly and this will lead us right into our thoughts yeah. Diablo 4 according to Blizzard is their fastest selling <laughs> game ever
1: Apparently already setting records only days after its original release. Uh, Yeah, it's a huge hit for them already, and we're not even a week out.
0: So you played some of this. You streamed some of this.
1: Yes, so I played a couple games this week. Uh, So last week I mentioned I wasn't sure if I was going to get either of these. Well, I got both. Okay. (laughs) And I was able to play both of these new releases. But yeah, uh, first all all, I'll start with Diablo, because holy crap, I'm having a blast with this thing. So... I had mentioned previously on the podcast I had not played a whole lot of the previous three Diablos. I had heard a lot about them. I knew vaguely what they were. And um, I knew I would probably like them because I like a lot of games that were inspired by the Diablo series. I mean, what is Borderlands but a first-person interpretation of the Diablo structure? And now, playing a Diablo game, I know what people meant by that. Mm -hmm. It is, you have a character that is a class. You have a choice between what class you take. You are literally just set out in the world and say, Okay, go around, kill enemies, they'll drop stuff, find treasure chests, get loot, continue to upgrade your stuff over and 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 over over again, always getting new and better things, go into town, sell your junk, upgrade your shit, uh, buy new shit if you want to spend money, uh, help get side quests, get main quests, and rinse, repeat. That's literally Diablo. But is there a main story? So there is a the main story, actually, and they did a lot of work here. Um, basically, uh, as Christy put it, it is, when I told her what was happening in this game, she said, Oh, so it's the plot of Supernatural. <laughs> Heaven and Hell are at war, and, there is, and Lilith um, is on Earth um, and is recruiting humans to her cause, basically. And there is some sort of Jesus equivalent who is also around, and whenever Lilith is up to no good, he shows up to, like, battle her. And that's basically the background. You are basically just somebody who's very good at demon slaying, and so people are constantly asking you to help them slay demons around them. That's basically the plot of Diablo 4. I mean, if you play the previous Diablos, there's probably a lot more going on. There's probably characters you recognize. I don't have any of that foreknowledge, so I'm going in fresh. And I'm just kind of learning as I go on. But that's the basics. Honestly, it's a good podcast game. You don't need to pay attention to the story to really have a good time with this. But if you do, the cutscenes are some of the best work Blizzard's ever done. Like, honestly, that opening cutscene is amazing looking. It is some of, probably the best CG cutscene I've seen in a video game. Period. If if you do one thing and you're interested at all in CG cutscenes, look that up. Because it is a wonder of what they were able to pull off. Like, their facial animation is incredible looking. Like, there were moments where I was like, that's just a dude. That's live action. That can't be a computer made... A computer made that? You're telling me a computer made this? It's like that kind of quality. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I might want a lot of fun with it. Um, I love the customization options um, for character creation. It's way more in-depth than I expected it to be. I love the, um, the fact that we were just talking about this. It's one of our favorite features in video games is... There's transmogrification, so you don't have to choose uh, the default look of your armor. You can choose a a look that you've had previously from another armor that you've unlocked and keep that as your permanent look, and you can change its color. Nice. So you can make your dude or lady or whoever look exactly like you want them to look, even if you're constantly upgrading their gear.
0: Yeah, we've seen that more recently with... um god of war ragnarok as well as hogwarts yeah we were just talking about that
1: so yeah like it's just fun moment-to-moment gameplay and there's a lot of customization in your attacks as well and this has been the case in previous games as well but basically like you have a lot of power over what you assign to what buttons what like what direction you go with your skill tree oh am i going to specify like make my my character really uh Really adept at like adding uh, damage over time. I'm gonna like spec towards like I'm just gonna poison things all the time and have a lot of poison damage rack up. Or am I going to do things with crowd control? Am I gonna be ranged? Am I gonna be close up melee? Like there's so many ways to customize it. I feel like I'm only scratched the surface of how much game is in this game. I'm all still in Act One out of six, and I've played like six seven hours of this thing. It's in. It's incredibly massive. This is huge. There's so much game here. It's so fun to play and zone out to and just get lost moving around killing dudes. Like, if that sounds good to you, you're going to love Diablo 4. Does
0: it feel repetitive killing everyone, though? So that's the thing, is
1: because you're constantly getting better and unlocking new abilities... You have the choice of whether, basically, uh, whether or not it gets boring. Because it's based on you being like, oh, well, I'm going to get bored doing the same thing over and over again. Let's respect my skill tree and see what other options are out there for me. Also, the side missions are pretty varied. So if okay. you get bored doing the main mission stuff, take a few side missions and go off the, the beaten path for a little bit. You'll help people, like, I just helped somebody do an exorcism. As a side quest. Like, there was one who was like, oh, I'm going around getting this meat for this dude. I'm going to bring it back to him. Like, there's a lot of other things going on beyond just the main story that I think that there's stuff there for if you get bored. There's other things you can focus on. So it's
0: not like Saints Row where it was, go go (laughs) here and kill all
1: all these people. Go here and kill all these people. I mean, it is that, but it isn't that. And I think that, obviously, this game, if you're, like, on a meta level... That is ultimately what you're doing here, just okay. like Saints Row. Yeah. Um, it is ultimately a game about show up to a place, kill all the monsters. Okay. But unlike Saints Row, it's not just shoot them in the head, shoot them in the head, shoot them in the head. Here, there's so many options with how you can battle people, how you can just like how you can customize your character to kill things in the way you want to kill things. Oh, we'll get to that in a minute here. <laughs> so yeah, um, I, I'm having a blast with it. Um, I'm almost to the point where maybe this is the game I should have bought. Instead of vice versa, okay. because I also played another new release, uh, Street Fighter Six. So speaking of customization, yeah, you create your own character here in, in the Street World VI. Tour mode. Yes. Yeah. So Street Fighter Six is interesting because it's actually divided into three games, mm-hmm. and to the point where I bought it and then the download didn't start, and I was like, "Why didn't the download start?" Then turns out is because they actually treat those three separate pieces as three separate pieces. You don't have to download all three. If you only want one, you can specify which one you want. It's divided into World Tour, which is the one you're mentioning here, which Mm -hmm. is you create a a fighter avatar and go into kind of a Yakuza-style open-world city and complete missions while you're being taught by the Street Fighter characters moves and fighting styles. Mm -hmm. And you get better and better. You level up. You get stat-increasing clothes to put on your character and stuff like that. That's the world tour mode. Then there is also the battle hub, which is your traditional online tournament kind of structure, uh, fighting game like uh, like hub, where that's really designed for online play. And then there's the fighter something. I forget what the third one name is, but it's basically your classic it's your, your classic classes. this is where the tutorials are yeah. this is where arcade can, mode is your arcade mode, mode it's story like the story modes for each of the characters yeah. that's what that is so depending on the kind of fighting game experience you want you can cus- you can choose your 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 zone there so i initially jumped in and did the, the kind of surface levels tutorial mm-hmm. because i'm not really super familiar with street fighter so did you do classic or modern glad you asked so that's the big big new feature here in Street Fighter 6 is that they figured that this was going to be a game where a lot of new players would be entering Street Fighter for the first time. Or returning players who haven't picked it up since right. Street Fighter 2. And so they give you a few options uh, with how you control it. There's the classic mode, which is just like traditional Street Fighter, where you are keying together combos using the different inputs um, to create the special moves. So it is very much like a uh, quarter-circle on the stick to do the fireball kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, then there are, there's the two new options. There's Modern Controls, which is a simplified version of that approach. I've seen a lot of people compare this to uh, Super Smash Bros. Yes. I actually don't think that that's an accurate description. The actual practice of playing it actually reminds me of Soul Calibur Controls. Where it is simpler than Street Fighter, but not as simple as something like a, 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 a right. Super Smash Brothers, Right. Where it is, you have a light attack on A, for Xbox controls. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah a heavy attack on... Uh, or, I'm getting it reverted, actually. X, uh, X is uh, uh, light attack. A is heavy. Then, like... A plus X for a grab, mm-hmm. uh, and then all your special moves are keyed to Y in different movements of the stick. Mm-hmm. Of course, this var this even varies depending on which player, uh, which fighting style that you're under. And so yeah, it's like simpler than the traditional controls, but it's still like it's still there's still a learning curve there. So I yeah, I ended up going with the modern controls because I wasn't ready to kind of dive into learning actual Street Fighter quite yet. <laughs> You know, I may take a look at it. Then there's even simpler mode, if you really want to make it easy, called, like, Automatic. Which is basically, like, you press the buttons, and it figures it out for you. It'll create combos, kind of like auto-combo you through fights. So if you're an absolute beginner, and you want to just have some fun with it, Just button match? Yeah, you can do that as well. So... For example, like, Christy, I might, if I battle her, I might be like, hey, try this out on this mode, because it'll make her feel better Mm -hmm. than just immediately showing her a tutorial for ten minutes and having her try to wrap her mind about it. (laughs) So, yeah, it's neat that they're giving you the option, because it does, uh, because I think the worry would be is like, oh, well, if you do modern controls, are you sacrificing the experience of learning a fighting game? And I don't think so. And the reason why I say that is they only get you so far, because... In order to be successful at a fighting game, you still need to know when to do things. The thing I think people don't understand about fighting games that aren't Super Smash Brothers is that difference is like you can learn the out, the, the the button presses, you can learn the combos, but knowing when to do things and timing and like choices in the moment decision making mm-hmm. is what actual fighting games are about. And so that's why I don't think you see a huge backlash over the modern controls like you would, would have maybe 10 years ago. Because I think we're to the point where people know that. Is that the game is about decision making. It's not about how fast you are at pressing buttons. It never mm-hmm. was. It's always been about tactics.
0: You're right. It's been about like when to block, when yeah. to counter, when to yeah. go full out, or when to pull back. Yeah, it's not an easy mode is the way I'll put it. Mm-hmm. Because I picked the modern controls and I'm still
1: struggling with learning the game. Yeah. Like, it's going to be a learning experience for me. It feels like an uphill climb. I'm struggling with Blocking. I'm struggling with crouching. And i start struggling with wow, to not jump too much and yes. like rely on those jump kicks like I do in Mortal Kombat, for example. It's like, it's like st- trying to like figure out that on the fly decision making is the hardest part, and I'm not there yet. But the game's slow ramp in the World Tour mode, which is where I've been focusing my time on so far, is helping me. I think learn it over time, but I'm just not quite. Like clicking with it,
0: and I'm really looking forward to spending enough time where I end up clicking with it. So, speaking of the world tour mode, character creation yeah, lots it's and lots of options, pretty in
1: depth. Um, it really gives you a lot of options. I ended up at first creating somebody who looked really weirdly like Natasha Leone. I don't know how that happened. I changed her hair color though, so now she doesn't look like Natasha Leone anymore. Because that was freaking me out. I was like I just created Natasha Leone is up here. I think it was mostly the hair hairdo I chose. She changed her uh, brown, it's just Chrissy. Yeah exactly right. Uh, so I, I think I've rocking with like a green teal now. Okay. Um but yeah and it's fun um, because it kinda there's a lot of cool like I think if you're going in to like get the like the the vibe and tone of this game, World Tour is a good place to start because you can get every all the characters' personalities. Um, you get to like learn the world and the lore of Street Fighter, what what lore there is, surprisingly a lot actually. Um, and yeah, and kind of learn the ropes from the masters themselves. Like I just met Chun Li and mm-hmm. I learned her moves, so now I can do her little. A spinning uh, now kick you can thing. fly. I yeah, can do the spinning <laughs> kick thing now and and stuff like that. There's some cool like explore like light exploration stuff
0: um, in that mode as well. Yeah, that's one of the things that was there that I watched some gameplay of mm-hmm. like you can do take the special moves from the different yes. characters yeah. and spec it to your person. So yeah, like if you like Chun Li's kicks with the uh, with Ryu's Hanukin exactly. You, can you know just that. combine them both. And I think this is a good for uh, thing for. People who are new to the franchise to
1: play especially like especially me because this is going to help me learn what character's style i actually like so that way when i pivot to the other modes then i will know who i'm going to quote main unquote right going forward i'll have a I, i'll get to kind of have the tasting platter the flight yes. if you will of yes. different thing of different styles, little styles little to try yeah so a little little Lee, a little uh ryu a little, you know all the new characters and stuff. So yeah, I'm really enjoying it so far. But like I said, it's going to be a uphill climb for me. Somebody who really has only played like Super Smash Bros. and Soul Calibur. And uh, not particularly great at either of them either. So yeah, fighting games, you know, I've always been interested in them on a surface level. And like, maybe this is the one that I invest my time in. And I figured it was safe to purchase because it's going to be around for a while. Like, this is not a game that's going to go away. People are going to continue
0: playing Street Fighter Six for a while well cuz that's what the third mode is right yeah the, the battle hub the battle hub yeah. where you can take your spect character right and go into the battle hub where you can face off against other people other people yeah. other other created characters yeah
1: you see stuff and again just like Diablo I feel like I've only scratched the surface of all the things that I can do and that's really exciting so yeah after kind of being like What am I doing with uh, Tears of the Kingdom and feeling like bad that I didn't get it, like with the thing that everybody talked about, to immediately go into two games where I'm like, actually, no, this is my shit. I'm going to play these for hours. I'm very excited. And like what everybody said about these things is true. It's really like comforted me in a way. It's like I thought I was broken. But no, it's just that everybody has the kind of games that, that click for them. And just for whatever reason, Zelda just didn't click for me. So
0: you have two good games that you recommend. Yeah, then.
1: two great games that I recommend. I'm having a blast with both of them, and I 100% guarantee both of these will appear on my year-end list. Perfect. So, yeah, and then you said, like you said, uh, you've got uh, Final Fantasy coming up. Yep. Well, have you been dabbling in anything else this, uh, lately? Uh,
0: yes, yeah, so after we streamed yesterday, or, like, yesterday, wow, what wow, day is what, it? What are you talking about? <laughs> Five weeks ago, it's disappear. Yeah. So after we streamed last week, I jumped online, and uh, I streamed... Roger a lot of humanity. Yeah, you you're loving that thing. Uh I platinumed it. Hey. <laughs> Later, hey earlier this week. Yay, so we'll mark that one off. Is that your favorite game of the year so far? Uh is it the only one that I've platinum? I think so. I think so. This year? Yeah. This year. Um No, that can't be well, I mean I think it's the one I I've highlighted. <laughs> that can't be true. That can't be true. No. <laughs> uh where's my thoughts here? Uh oh, okay yeah, Survivor. Survivor. That's right. That's yes. the thing you played this year. Yeah, but I did not uh platinum that. No. But yeah, that was gonna take a while to platinum. Yeah. Uh but also Chia. For some reason, I saw a lot of new chatter for Chia. Oh. Especially because Breath of the Wild, where it may be too intimidating. People are like, Oh, if you think that's intimidating, go to Chia. Yeah, it's, it's really like a light version of really the same kind of super concept. Super light version, but yeah, same kind of concept. Cool. Uh but yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean I did play a lot of Hogwarts Legacy. Well, we're not gonna talk about that. Yes. Well, <laughs> like I said I got Spider-Man coming out later this year and yeah. I've got Final
1: Fantasy honestly what a fantastic year for video games I already see people talking about like oh this is going to be one of those all-timer years it feels like it like 2008 like uh, like 1998 like like a big year people are going to remember hey remember when we got Diablo Zelda Street Fighter Spider-Man 2 Spider-Man and Final Fantasy and like you could just keep going and
0: Alan Wake and, yeah and the crazy part about it
1: we don't even probably know what fall's gonna look like. Yet. Right, like there's probably a lot of things that Microsoft's gonna tell us tomorrow morning. They were gonna be like, oh, and also we get this. Like for all we know, Everwild from Rare and Perfect Dark could also be this fall, and we'll be like, holy shit. Well, Starfield could also just. just oh yeah, and drop Starfield. Too. Starfield, that's true. Yeah. Oh jeez, too many games. Too many games. Just like that. Oh, what year was that? There's like an EGM, a uh, classic EGM issue that that the cover was just too
0: many games. <laughs> I think I owned that one. Well, you know, we've <laughs> had like a drought for the past, like... Yeah. Well, not a drought, but like a steady stream. I feel like, yeah, after last year, I feel like was kind of light.
1: We're finally... it,
0: All the payoff is of well, this year. Well, because a lot of like, especially in 2020, when games were delayed, it's like, okay, they're delayed, but how long are they going to be delayed yeah. for? Here we are, three years, years later. Yep. Getting t- Tasting those sweet, sweet uh, delays. Yes. All right, let's move on. All right. So, yeah, uh, yeah, played Rest of Humanity, mm-hmm. uh, Platinum Humanity. Uh, did not look up any of the, like, hints, to, like, how to finish it. It's just you play it normally, and then the trophy system, like, it tells you what you're supposed to do. And I like that, uh, that it's like, okay, like, here's my restrictions for this level. Let me now figure it out and how to beat it. Oh, well, cool. So, yeah, that was, like, a great thing, because, like, after, like, I collected all the gold men I normally do, because completion brain you have to cut your goldman in this run you can't move on you can't just like get to the end your goldmans yes uh so that was fun uh way like go back uh there is a second mode that i was delving in just a lightly too and that is the online content created oh
1: i can play other people's creations
0: i can play other people's creations and i can create my own stuff infinite humanity yeah uh or like speed run blind. Yeah. <laughs> runs. Good luck. Uh, but Uh yeah, we uh there's content creation and you can create your own stuff. You can get your own humanity levels. All right. So this game can be infinite, but then again, it can be just as much puzzles as you're willing to solve. Well I guess we'll find out. So yeah, it's good game. Cool. Humanity. Alright, cool. Awesome. Humanity. Let's move on. Uh, to the television
1: section. Oh yeah we gotta talk about this thing. Yes, we got a lot to talk about. Let's talk about first though the sports corner. Uh, starting with... Sports Corner. Do you like making a mess? Do you like getting messy? Uh, I mean, I like cleaning up my messes. <laughs> well, Inter-Miami, the Major League Soccer team, is getting messy.
2: Lionel! By getting messy. Lionel
1: Messi uh, to play for them. So yeah, this, was, this is the latest in um, internationally famous soccer star quote-unquote retires and then ends up playing for the Major League
0: Soccer League. Well, not to be confused with Ronaldo, who's playing for the uh, Saudi Arabia League, which we'll talk about in a bit here. Yeah, but yeah, like, this is kind of a big deal, because Messi
1: is one of
0: the, like, the players. I mean, yeah, he was, like, the player 10 years ago, same way when David Beckham came over to the Galaxy. He was the player. Um, Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, a long long list of famous UK premier players, international players. Now playing for the MLS. Yeah, so I uh, guess good news for Inter Miami. Well, you know who owns Inter Miami, right? Who owns Inter Miami? David Beckham. That
1: explains <laughs> a lot. Explains.
0: Oh That's how we got him. Moving into uh, the NBA.
1: Your finals are neck and neck. Oh,
0: wait, no, no, no. no. Oh, this uh, is out of date. No,
1: no, no. It's not out of date. This was me being hopeful. Because uh, well. they played last night. <laughs> <laughs> We're not hopeful as the Nuggets are up in the series against the Heat, three to one.
0: Yes, your number one seeded Nuggets yeah. against the number eight seeded. Seems Heat. like they're gonna pull it off. It sounds like. I mean, they only need to win one more game, yeah. and the Heat need to sweep the remaining three. We'll see if they can. Speaking
1: of uh, of similar situations, the NHL Finals
0: also are here. Golden Knights are two. Against just one game for the Panthers, they play again later tonight or later today, uh, but yeah, once again, number one seed, yeah, Golden Knights against number eight seed, Florida mean,
1: Panthers. I love an underdog. I would hope that these underdogs can take over because that would be a more interesting story.
0: But we'll see. Yeah, well, I mean, that's why you love the underdog yeah. because they're you like rooting for the upset. It's not yeah. unless you're rooting for the team it's going to be business as usual. Yeah. Amer- I mean, people like an underdog story. It's true. Moving into baseball, we have our first two teams
1: to cross the 40-win line. Yep. The Texas Rangers and the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, which makes sense because they are the biggest offensive showcases in the league right now. Like, just watch our Rangers or a Rays game. is just like they never stop hitting. Yep. It's just embarrassing for the other teams. It speaking sucks of, that the Rangers are in our
0: division. I'll say. Speaking of embarrassing teams and embarrassing divisions, oh lord, the ALs has both one of the top teams yes, and, and the, the worst, worst team. team somehow. Somehow, same division, and that's where we end up, sandwiched
1: right in the middle with the Mariners, <laughs> who we're currently in a series against. Yep. And I'm hoping we can win, uh, like take take the series, because if we don't, we're just gonna trade off third and fourth forever. Yep. This is gonna just be embarrassing. It's
0: like, if we could just hold a third, that wild card spot at ours. Yeah, that's why like beating uh, the Cubs the yeah. past series, sweeping the really Cubs. Really mattered, yeah. Really matter. You gotta win the games mm-hmm. against the easy opponents. We have to. And the fact we took you one against the- You gotta win the games you're supposed to win. And the
1: fact we took one against the Mariners with supposedly their ace on the mound is a good sign. We, yeah. if this is only gonna get easier from now on, right? I mean, we already used our ace. But they are the angels, though, so anything could possibly happen. Hey, at least we're not... Um, what is it? The uh, There's one division where ev- there's not... The AL East. Yeah, that has no teams with a winning record. Or no, there's one with a team... No, 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 no. A, AL East. A
0: losing record. It's not a losing record. Right. There's
1: another di- There's another division, though, where nobody has a winning
0: record. Uh, that's the <laughs> NL... Yeah, I don't remember. What? No, no, not the East. I don't remember, but yeah. NL East? Is that Central? Uh, it might be Central. I think it's Central. Yeah, I think it's Central. Central. But yeah, it's just like, it's such
1: a, a land of contrast, the MLB yes. right now. Like, who the hell knows what the playoffs are going to uh,
0: I like the screenshot where it showed um, the Boston Red Sox, who are last in the AL yeah. East, would have been first in the AL. other two <laughs> AL divisions. Yeah, it's sad, because all
1: in that NL Central, the Angels would be at first with their record yep it's incredible how different it is depending like this is why we got to do that expansion so we can met, we can like trade like move things around and like even up this competition <laughs> because it seems like there's a lot of w- weird lopsided situations got to add a couple more west a couple teams. More teams just a couple more yep. that's all we need to salt, salt lake city and um, portland
0: in portland yeah let's yep. do it let's do it all right anyway Anyways, uh elsewhere in the MLB. Uh get your votes in. Also yeah, voting. voting continues. Next up, we move to a college softball
1: as Oklahoma oh, the, defeated Florida State. Yep, the College World Series. Yes, in the College World Series, three to one. So congratulations. They are three Pete champions. Yes. Five in the
0: last seven seasons. Dominant. Dominant. Dominant Oklahoma, Oklahoma softball. Ah, man. Uh, men's. Uh, college world series continues on the super regionals right now. Great games, by the way. Oh, yeah, eight run comeback in one of them from Oregon. Looks like it, yeah. Uh, they will continue and they I think they end at the end of June before we hit to July. So, right. yeah, uh, congratulations to the women's uh, Oklahoma softball team. Yeah, geez. It, Three feet champs.
1: This is why I so bad I so badly want there to be some sort of women's baseball like or softball or ball league that is like mainstream and professional.
0: Outside of the like national team that yeah, plays in the Olympics. Like,
1: yeah, right. Like I feel like they, they there's so much talent mm-hmm. that nobody is paying attention to because base, like baseball as we think of it is such a man's like sport. And it's just, like so it's disappointing to me. Like mm-hmm. man, we need a real pitch. The Fox <laughs> Show pitch. Yes. We need a real pitch to happen. Uh, it's just, yeah. I don't know. I would love to see that someday. All right. Let's move on. Uh, the next, last uh, story here
0: uh, the USFL. Yep. South Division dominant
1: over the North Division two weeks before playoffs. So
0: funny you mentioned the MLB where no one has a winning record. Right. MLB, or sorry, the USFL North does not have a winning team. Meanwhile, the South Division, mm-hmm. as everyone has uh, five games or better <laughs> wins, uh, there's only one team that has one loss. Every other team in that division, two losses. Mm-hmm. So literally it can flip-flop in that uh, there's only two weeks left, uh, so there's no like playoffs actually set because they're so close in records. But yeah, we have this week, we have next week, and then playoffs right after that. All
1: right.
0: And it's going to be the same thing as the XFL, where it's a one-week playoff, and then the championship game. Okay, so look forward to that,
1: if you're looking for some
0: and football no action. no other major sport-related
1: nope. news nope. happened
0: nope. this week.
1: Except for one, and this is going to be our first television story of the week. Segue into our television section. Just because it's, okay. that,
0: it's that big of a story. This is my turn to take a big breath, because okay. this is
1: going to be a lot to read and dissect.
0: this This could possibly be our story of the... Maybe first sports, but we'll see for how it sports? goes. Because I, I feel like there's a
1: lot of questions. Oh, yes. So, the PGA Tour, the DP World Tour, and the Public Investment Fund, the PIF.
0: Which is the Saudi Arabia... Yes, backed Fund. Backed, yeah, Fund.
1: On Thursday, announced a landmark agreement to unify the game of golf on a global basis. The two entities, uh, in case you're wanting to explain... PGA Tour and Live Golf are the two entities we're talking about
0: here. Yes.
1: Uh, signed an agreement that would combine the PGA Tour and
0: Live Golf's commercial businesses and rights to a new, yet to be named WGT company. I'm calling it WGT because yeah. otherwise you're going to say yet to be named entity. So yeah. I'm just calling it WGT, mm-hmm. which stands for World, World Golf, Golf Tour. Tour. Yeah, we'll just call it that. So we're just going to call it yeah. World Golf Tour for the remainder of the story until they yes. come up with an actual name because yeah, otherwise, honestly, WGT. Sounds like a pretty be. pretty great yeah, name. That could work. Yeah. Under the terms of the commercial
1: operations... Oh, wait. No, no. Under no, the no. terms of the agreement, the board of directors and the WGT will oversee and direct all the WGT's golf-related commercial operations, businesses, and investments. The new entity will work to ensure a cohesive schedule of events that will be exciting for fans, sponsors, and all stakeholders. Big emphasis on that last one. PIF will officially be the exclusive investor in the WGT, alongside the PGA Tour, Live Golf, and the DP World Tour. Going forward, the PIF will have the exclusive right to further invest in the WGT, including a right of first refusal on any capital that may be invested in the WGT, including into the PGA Tour, Live Golf, and DP World Tour. The PGA Tour will appoint a majority of the board and hold a majority voting interest in the combined WGT. Separately, PGA Tour Incorporated will remain in place as a tax-exempt organization and retains administ- administrative oversight of events for those assets contributed by the PGA Tour, including the sanctioning of events, the administration of the competition and rules, as well as all other inside the ropes responsibilities, that's, in
0: quotes, inside the ropes. Well, that's the term. Anything yeah. that happens with inside the ropes is, like, legally in place, like, inside yeah. the baseball lines.
1: Yeah. With Jay Monahan as commissioner and Ed Hurley as PGA Tour policy board chairman. So, I want to pause right there. This means that the PGA Tour is not going away. No. And they will largely still be an independent organization, at least as pertains to Deciding when events happen, what rules are basically all the things that they already do. For now, for now. Because
0: yeah. I'll, as we continue, though, we'll get
1: there from when we finish. But yes. Yeah, there's a lot of questions about whether how long that will take. Yes. Um, so, PIF's governor Yesir Al Rumayyan will join this PGA Tour policy board. The DP World Tour and Live Golf will retain similar administrative oversight of events on their respective tours as well. The Board of Directors of the new WGT will include al rumiyan as chairman and Monahan as CEO. The WGT's board will also include an executive committee comprising al rumiyan Monahan, Herlihy, and PGA Tour policy board member Jimmy Dunn. The full board will be announced at a later date and it is anticipated that all three founding members will have representation. All parties will work in the months to come to finalize terms of the agreement with details to be announced in due course. So... There's a lot to unpack here, but the main thing, that I, the main takeaway I have from this is... So yes, the PGA Tour will largely not change, for now. Mm-hmm. The question is, it seems like what they're saying is that this puts the PIF, the Public Investment Fund, the Saudi money, basically, in charge of financing the situation. And that, I think, is going to be the thing that worries a lot of people who are in the organization fans of golf and sports fans in general because so, they will eventually be the ones that are slowly pushing all of these organizations in a direction and may someday eclipse those independents that
0: independent vibe of the PGA too. Right. So there's two minds here mm-hmm. that that kind of tear at me when I when this deal came out as to how this is gonna play out. Yeah. So we're gonna play the first mind here. <laughs> In the non-business format basically in the casual mm-hmm. the fan how it impacts directly right and that is that players on the pga feel like they got screwed yeah uh the players who left the pga took the money to go to live golf right were immediately banned saying you're not coming back <laughs> like you will never like you're basically banned from the pga right pga came out last year at the same time and said we will not take saudi yeah. money anyone who <laughs> takes saudi money is a disgrace to their country. Yeah. So, do you think this was a hostile takeover? Uh, I think this is a, we have infinite funds, and just put a number on the check mm-hmm. and cash it. But uh, again, for, with, hand. But that's what I'm saying, a hostile
1: takeover, is because you can do that, but also do it menacingly, <laughs> and I think that that had to be the case, right? Because this
0: is such a pivot. Well, that's why they're calling this, this is not the uh, the PGA. Mm-hmm. it's not live golf buying pga it's not no. pga buying live golf this is a new entity that will oversee both of them here's the thing though
1: that's often a cover-up <laughs> yes that's often a smoke screen yes. that it's, the it's... larger more powerful companies uses to say oh we didn't take over this is a merger this is a new in- a new entity that's right? why they have
0: that's why they're calling it a parent right. company but guess what even parents have a favorite child. I guess which yeah. one is the favorite child because ultimately, here? The one with the legacy and all the awards or no. Money. It's the money. It's
1: always the money and the ones with the money are the Saudis here and it's ultimately going to turn
0: people off. It's also going you know, not going to take very long for um the was it the Pif governor yes, here. PIF who joins the PGA Policy Board, mm-hmm. how long until he influences the other members of the Policy Board to, quote-unquote, yeah. retire, <laughs> and, then infu- and then fill those seats with people of his own doing? It's so interesting that one of our... You st- let the fox
1: in the hen house. Yeah. It's interesting that one of our stories from earlier in the year was like, oh, are these guys going to buy uh, wrestling? Yes. And yet here we are talking about them buying golf. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, this is not all professional golf in the United
0: States. There are still the Masters, which is a separate thing. The Masters is its own thing. Right. The Masters is its own tournament. It has never been associated with the PGA. Right. The Masters is an invite-only yeah. tournament. So there's still, if you want to avoid this, there are still ways to get your golf on
1: with without
0: smirking, like walking into the mud here. Yes. That being said, because it is a invite-only, mm-hmm. they will be inviting people who, by one way or another are taking Saudi money. So, so the, 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 what is the second thing that you said of your two things? So my second said is that it's a business. Well, yeah. Yes. Well, as our motto here, <laughs> our unfortunate motto at times, <laughs> it's a business. So they're creating a new parent company. This can be seen. And this kind of merger has happened before with two competing brands. Um, Although it happened about, like, 54 (laughs) years ago when there were two competing professional football teams in the U.S., the National League and the American League. Right. And they decided to um, hostile TakeOver merge into a single corporation, the NFL. Yeah. Now here we are 50 years later and celebrate the NFL. Except I feel like it's
1: a different situation because... Because of
0: where the money comes from. One and of them is an
1: international it. entity. That was not the case for football, yes. obviously. Like, I feel like that's the why the vibes are off here is because, you're right, it seems like, it feels like a huge pivot change, like a pivot for the PGA Tour. We were talking a big game... Especially last year. trusting Live Golf and the entity that funded mm-hmm. it. And so all of a sudden now you see like, oh, well, there's nothing we could do. It's too late. And, yeah, I won't blame the golf, like, the actual professionals here for being like, what the hell?
0: Yeah. Well, see, with the NFL, I think that's where it's going to go to where this, like, overseeing company is going to be like, okay, some of you will play over here. Some of you will play over here. We'll draft and swap people every, yeah. like, two or three years. Uh, but it'll have the retention of that of, like, the NCAA, where each division of, like, the PGA and LIV will act similar to, like, uh Pac-12, SEC, ACC, Big Ten, where they're going to schedule their own in-conference games, but adhere to NCAA rules and yeah. tournaments. Yeah, I mean, I think this is just one of those things we're just gonna
1: have to wait to see the effects of it as it goes on. As you mentioned, if that if the people from on the board from the uh, the Saudi Arabian side start kind of throwing their weight around and changing things, even though supposedly. The PGA Tour is independent, like still under the rules of this. How independent is independent is, I think, what we'll see and how that stretched over time.
0: Right, especially since you have your um, chair, governor. The governor is now the chairman from PIF, is now the chairman of the WGT. Yeah. Even though you still have, he still answers to the board of directors, which is made up of the PGA. How long are they going to last there until? They, uh, what's the better term of saying get Khashoggi from the Saudi Arabia? Oh no, oh no! Oh god, it's too late, you already ruined it. <laughs> I'm just saying, that you're literally, as I mentioned, let the fox in the henhouse. You know uh, what they do.
1: Well, yeah, I wasn't going to go there. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's worrying in a few ways, and there's a lot Is of questions. Is the money worth questions. it? I don't know, but ultimately, it didn't seem like the PGA Tour had a choice, is the, th- the vibe I get here.
0: No, 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 you're, you're wrong. The, the PGA Tour policy board and board directors had a choice. The PGA players had a yeah. choice, as they found out at the exact same time as everyone else found out, which is like through Twitter yeah. where they announced it. All I know
1: is this is going to be a fascinating 30 for 30 in a few years.
0: Oh, yeah. All right, let's move no, on. <laughs> no, no, we'll have to wait a few years. Oh, wait. Just watch... Full swing season two on Netflix because that is still filming. All right, I will go through this. I will go through the live
1: live in person then. Uh, All right, let's move on. Uh, We spent a lot of time on that story. It's a
0: huge story. It is a huge story. (laughs) You're right. We'll probably talk about it, like you said, later in the year. Yeah, once, like you said, once they actually put a name to the entity, once they establish the actual rules for it. But right now, they're in an agreement for a merger, terms to be finalized. Right.
1: Well, there's still a lot to talk about because our second story is also a pretty big one in the world of television and in the world of film as well. The SAG-AFTRA, which is the Actors Guild, Mm -hmm. have overwhelmingly voted to authorize a strike themselves before negotiations began on Wednesday. The vote comes as the WGA strike enters its sixth week. Many SAG-AFTRA members have already joined WGA members walking their picket lines. The leaders of both guilds have expressed solidarity with each other several times this year. If SAG-AFTRA goes on strike, any remaining film and TV production would halt immediately. The union represents 160,000 performers. SAG-AFTRA is pursuing an agenda that includes restrictions on the use of artificial intelligence, higher streaming residuals, and limitations on self-taped auditions. SAG-AFTRA began negotiations with the major studios on Wednesday, and the two sides have already signed or already agreed on one thing: That they won't be talking to the media about any of it. In a joint statement they said, quote, today SAG-AFTRA and the AMPTP began formal negotiations for a new contract and with the agreement that neither organization will comment to the media about the negotiations during the process. So this now has a timeline and or like a ticking clock assigned to it. So it is only a matter of time until that silence breaks. When we found out that there's not a deal and a strike yep.
0: begins, mm-hmm. or that there is a deal and they avoid a strike. I mean, we'll talk about the VGA uh, in movies here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this continues um, as a... At, could be a three-pronged strike yeah. for Hollywood of the writers, the actors, and the uh, Directors Guild. Because yeah. all three... All three, mem- all three voting members... Voting members. All three... All members of the three guilds mm-hmm. have voted this year approved of strikes. And not just like in a, like a 60, 80%. These have been like overwhelming, 90, overwhelming yeah. 97% approve of the strike and think, as a bargaining power. Yeah, and this is, it's a smart move because
1: the studios think they're smart with the writers. They think like, oh, well, we can just pivot to reality content. We can just pivot to this and this and this. There's ways to avoid uh, programming completely halting. Uh, through a writer strike, but an actor strike is harder because you lose a lot more stuff if suddenly there's no actors to use, and union actors to use. You'd have to go non-union. You'd have to really push the re- reality stuff.
0: You have to get sure unknown even... uh, people to yeah. host. Yeah, you yeah. can't get a celebrity host.
1: Right. There's a lot of questions about what if the actors pull out. What's left? There's the dregs of television, the dregs of film production. Like, what do you do? Reruns! I guess so. Really push retro programming, I yeah. guess. Um, and then, yeah, with the directors, then the, if that also drops, then what do you do there, too? Because the, we... the directors also drop on live television as well. So it's going to be a real calling, calling their bluff moment, I think, for the AMPTP, where it's like, all of a sudden, if they really lose everybody, they're
0: going to have to make deals. Because if they don't, the entire industry shuts down. And we'll get to what the DGA said, but yeah, yeah. we'll get there in a bit. Yeah. But yeah, uh, this is kind of like a dual story here. In the meantime, though, television's still happening, and you yes. watched
1: a couple of shows.
0: Yeah, uh, we both watched two completely different shows. Oh yeah, different ends of the spectrum here. So I'll start with um, a new show on Disney. Um, Disney Plus? Well, Disney Plus. Oh, is it on it's, Disney proper? It's on Disney proper. Oh, cool. Uh, but it's in the same vein as you know the kind of staple that they've done in the past here with like Star Wars Forces of Evil, Amphibia, uh, what's the other one? Owl House. Yeah. Currently yeah, on. Oh, yeah. just end it. We'll just end it. Yeah. Uh, this one, same tree, same yeah. same focal point tree here. Uh, is called Haley's On It, and yes, <laughs> that is the play on <laughs> Haley's Comet. That's funny. Uh, following a fourteen-year-old girl named Haley. As she and her best friend Scott embark on a quest to complete her ever growing list of things to accomplish. So, kind of like a bucket list? Yeah, but except she's been compiling this bucket list since first grade. And she's not going to die anytime soon. <laughs> no. In fact, that's kind of like the whole point <laughs> uh-huh. of the, the plot is that in order to become the person who saves the planet, hmm. she has to, comp- uh, her journey starts by completing her list. So this has Phineas and Ferb vibes to it. A lot make. of Phineas and Ferb vibes. Okay. Except they're not creating stuff. And also the, the age is
1: scaled up a little bit. Yes, yeah,
0: they're not creating stuff, and they're mainly like, I'm, we're going on an adventure because I need to cross this off my list. Mm-hmm. Whether it's traveling to the last known location of a very greasy burger <laughs> joint, because you have a gift card for it, Yeah. Uh, to building and winning a castle competition with your dad,
1: well, and, and I think the face th- the of her part to me is like the lower stakes. Because you mentioned that, like, uh, compared it to these other shows yeah. that are like big world ending conflicts, you didn't mention she wants to, quote, save the world, but not from a huge, like, entity no. that's trying to destroy it or something. No. Well, it's more of like a metaphorical,
0: like, she just wants to be the best person she
1: can be. Well, that no, that no, case. no. There
0: is an end of the world stakes because. Oh. End of- <laughs> pilot never mind then for what i said out the door in the pilot
2: okay
0: uh a scientist uh-huh. who i am convinced is just her from the future oh that's funny okay comes back in time and to prevent her book from being destroyed to <laughs> say you need to complete this book oh otherwise the world will end via okay. like a time dilation you kind of buried the lead there <laughs> Well, I bury the lead because they bring it up in the episodes episode, and the yeah, show doesn't bring it up except it. for like one or two episodes that are currently released. Mm-hmm. Every other episode completely is devoid of like the future tech coming to thwart her plans, okay. and it's just her fumbling through her list of trying to complete it. So do you think this
1: is going to be structured like, like, kind of like Star vs. The Force of Evil was, where it's like the first season eases you into the characters, the world... And it's a little bit more fun kind of story of the week kind of thing.
0: And then eventually we'll get into the plot stuff. Very easily, yes. Yeah, so yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> Where you're going to, well, because like one of the, like at the end of, end of the first episode, spoiler not spoiler, like one thing on her list is I got to kiss my best friend.
1: Aww.
0: But, you know, you're 14 and you don't want to do that. Right, yeah, it's embarrassing. Yeah, because what if he does like it? What if he does not right, like yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. So it's
1: so, a uh, impossible Ron Stoppable situation. Exactly. <laughs> To bring up another Disney show that is kind of like this. Well, <laughs> yeah, cool. It sounds like, like it's in a
0: lineage of di- all sorts of different Disney uh, animated stuff. Very easily. And, like, I got I, I watched three episodes. I was immediately hooked by the end of oh, that yeah. third and one. I walked in while you guys were watching, and I was, like, immediately, like, oh, wow, this has a style to it. I really like the
1: character design. And it seems like it's, like, it, 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 it's, like a really impressive look to it.
0: I forgot about the best part. The voice actors. Oh, who's in it? Moana. What? Alili Carvalho Wow. Is the late main actress. OK. And uh, Manny Machado? B- B- oh, Manny Machado. Machado, yes. Yeah. Uh, Jason from The Good Place. Wow. Huh. They're, well, they're your two leads. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, and then Sarah Chalk pops in as the, the, the scientist from the future. <laughs> See, that's the thing is like they're not doing a good job marketing the, this, this because I feel like I, I would love this. I didn't know it existed until today. Yes.
1: Well, I'm very excited
0: to check this out now. Well, and uh, Lily Carvalho sings the opening. Oh, that's fun. And uh, third episode, there is a musical version where it forces her to sing. Okay, come on. <laughs> okay, who's who's out there catering directly to me? Oh no, I'll cater even better for
2: you. <laughs> All right.
0: Fine. Um, the town they um, that this takes place in, uh-huh. Oceanside. No, it's it's semi-local. Yes. Oh, that's hilarious. And they make references to both San Diego and uh san clemente all right <laughs> okay sure why not yeah this sounds great yes yeah i'll definitely check this out yeah called haley's
1: on it haley's on it as i like is this two- a
0: all at once drop or is this going to be a week before? uh the, the first seven episodes are up on disney okay. plus right now yeah um important note um uh the ghost and molly
1: mcgee also has a season still continuing and it's getting better better too i think it's okay. having a stellar second season so, Disney, uh, still cranking them out, and I'm glad that they're working on it, because I feel like we're kind of in a, in a low point over Cartoon Network. It seems like everything got canceled over there, mm-hmm. and so it's interesting to see Disney keep funding this kind of animated show.
0: Yeah, it's also good to see, like, these kind of, like, both episodic and serial kind of combination yeah. uh, shows that they do. It's cool. I'm glad it lives on. I was worried.
1: I think we talked about this last year. I was worried that that kind of died out with amphibia. I thought that oh, that was those, the last of its t- kind, billion. but yeah. maybe this will keep the legacy going. Mm-hmm. Well, cool, very cool. Now to pivot to something completely different. <laughs> okay, so put your so put your kids to bed yeah. from the cartoon from Hayley's on Island. <laughs> this one's not for the kids.
0: This was not for the kids. But I don't, honestly, I don't know who it's for. So I had the same thing when I talked about euphoria. This from the same creator. So okay, there's a little
1: bit of background before I get into the idol, the new HBO um, Prestige question mark a series that they launched uh, last week. Technically, I believe. Uh, the well, yeah, the follow succession, which yeah, ended. The second episode will be this week. Um, so, background information on the idol. This is a brainchild of the weekend. Um, and I guess soon we're just going to have to call oh, him Abel, Abel, huh? yes. Um, anyway, uh, but yeah, and uh, like you mentioned, co-created by Sam Levison, the Euphoria creator. So this has had a bit of a tumultuous uh, production background. And I'm only mentioning this part because it does actually affect the, the end result that we got. Mm-hmm. Originally had a showrunner who ended up walking off the set after pressure... Um, from both Abel and Sam Levison trying to change the vibe of the show. There was a bunch of reshoots, there were rewrites. Basically, the thing that it started as is not what we end up getting. The final result seems to be the result of a hostile takeover of the show from the two male creators. And what we get is a show that does not have any idea what it actually wants to be. It is both a story about a pop singer who fell on some hard times, her mother died of cancer, and her career kind of had a slump. She ended up having a, a mental health breakdown, went to some sort of rehab, has now emerged, and we're seeing her basically try to reboot her career. Her team is trying to start it all over again. They're this is the to, Lily Rose Depp character. Yes, this is the really Lily Rose Depp character, Jocelyn, a one-name, kind of Madonna-style character. Okay. And uh, she's kind of placed in the, uh, the position of she kind of has control over her image, but not really. Her team makes a lot of decisions for her. They get to ch- curate what she sees and what she does. But she's trying as much as she can to control the image that she wants. There's a, pivot, a pivotal scene in it early on that's like, oh, the, they're shooting the, uh, some um, shots for the album cover. She wants to be topless. But there's a character and um, her team who's like, no, we have a writer that won't let you have nudity. And she basically pushes against this enough to get this guy removed from the shoot. That's kind of what she's trying to do. She's trying to like do a little bit of work to try to make the career she wants, even though she has all these people around her that are keeping things from her um, and like trying to direct her in a certain vibe. So you think on a, on a surface level that, oh, this, may, this is a show that has things to say about what it means to be... In the pop industry the music industry right now it has comments like it has stuff to say
0: about mental health you would think that like taking from like as we've seen with like britney spears right recently. exactly um so yeah. I mean, yeah that sounds like on paper that's it, pa- an interesting concept yeah. right the thing is is that that
1: was probably what the show was supposed to be that's probably what it was pitched as well that's not the show that you get because okay. you have elements of that you do get to see a little bit of that back and forth. The best moments of the show are these kind of, like, moments of, like, oh, what's happening behind the scenes with this person's career. But it ultimately forgets about that and becomes a different show in the second half. And because I don't think it understands the main character enough. I don't think it understands the main character at all. Because all that stuff is super interesting. But instead, it just tries to push the shock value so much that it just eclipses all of that. For instance, the mental health plotline is immediately, like, sidelined by a line that one of the characters says about, like, trying to make a mental, like, saying that she believes that mental health is sexy, and, like, like unquote. One of the characters kind of is like, wait a minute, shouldn't we, 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 should we not, like, be glorifying this? Like, she's actually a person who's fallen on hard times. And then a character basically pushes against that, uh, guessing, speaking for Sam Levison, and goes on, and it's a, at least a lot, what a lot of people think that mm-hmm. this is, is basically speaking through through this character and being like, well, no, it is sexy and I'm going to tell you why and no one's going to question me. And that's basically what happens. And then it's never brought up again. It's like, okay. So the show seems to believe this. It's not just a line that you're supposed to be like, oh, create Hollywood people. No, it actually seems to believe that, no, like there's a line about like, like oh, we don't want to cock block America. But it seems like the Euphoria guy actually believes this. It's like, no, he actually believes this. Like, we need to be pushing this, like, in the face of this because other people are saying, like, well, you can't be that edgy anymore. It almost feels like a, oh, that's too woke for me kind of vibe. And that vibe permeates this entire pilot because that brings you into the second half, which is all the weekend, all the time, because (laughs) his character shows up. She decides she needs a night on the town because, uh, or Jocelyn does, because she's like, stressed out by all the stuff in her person in her uh, career and so she decides to go to the club and at the club she le- she meets that's so how she calls it the club no i call it the club. Okay. They, they go to a club and um, <laughs> they meet the club owner played by the weekend who is absolute scuzzball fucking like uh rat tail uh hairdo awful like he's always has like some like chewing on something he's just like, doing coke in the bathroom, just real scumbag. And, of course, he asks her to dance, and they end up hooking up in a stairwell, and they're immediately bonded. And she likes this guy so much, is so impressed by something, I don't know, it's unclear, um, that he's, she's like, to her poor friend and assistant, who she mistreats through the entire episode, I feel so bad for this girl, is like, I'm gonna ask him to come over. He comes over, and of course she's like, "Oh, I, all these industry people don't want to tell me the truth. I know you'll tell me the truth because you're an asshole." And he just goes, "Yeah, I guess I am." And I'm like, "Oh my god." It's such a and he apparently has all this like like it's like, "Oh, well, Pop music's important. I don't understand why you don't like it. And she's like, oh, but I want to change my song. I don't believe that my song actually is what the statement I want to make. Even though the acting actually does not translate any of this. It's just she's saying these things, but I don't actually see a character there forming at this point. And so you're supposed to believe that he's actually going to be like, oh, I'm going to help you with your career. And so she plays a song uh, for him, and he's like listening to it. And he's like, oh, actually, I think it's pretty good, but I don't believe you. I don't believe you actually ha- are a freak and have sex. Because I guess that, like, being, like I am a freak is a lyric in this song. Mm-hmm. And and then, of course, it leads to, uh, like, uh, the, the of course, they're going to have sex. <laughs> it's like, of course they of are. Of course, I'm going to show you that you're wrong. But in the most ridiculous way possible, I'm not going to go into, the like, the details. Look it up or watch the episode if you actually want to know what they do. But it's the most, like, faux-edgy, like kink like thing you've ever seen in the world like if you i don't want to get too blue here but if you know anything about like internet like you know conversations about kink and about like you know like like the 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 edges of like what are controversial things i'm talking about like exactly 50 shades of gray but maybe like a couple steps out okay like if you've been on the internet at all nothing nothing that happened in this episode will shock you if you have an idea of what people are into and what kind of fantasies they may or may not have about like you know let's say things that edge on violence but like you know like safe relatively safe violence or threat or or uh, uh threats that people would say are are more sexy than they are scary kind of thing and everybody has their deal none of this is shocking like i think sam levison thinks this is shocking because it's on television that's what I was saying. It's shocking <laughs> because you're putting it to, but is it to scream? But is it? And that's why I have to ask him. And that is why I think that that vibe of like, I mean, that's what Euphoria was, right? Like the first season. The vibe seems to be, let's push it to what we think the limits are. And to hell with the actual like characters involved. Let's focus so much on the faux shock that. You kind of you miss the opportunity to actually tell a, a compelling story about what it is to be in the music industry. And the most frustrating part about it is The Weekend is in the music industry. If anybody was able to come in and be like, no, 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 that's not how actual how it actually is. This isn't an actual representation of how it is. It would be him. You would think, but no. It seems like the opposite is happening here. His complete control over the project seems to have moved it so. It's this other thing that's not actually about the music industry at all. Mm -hmm. Apparently, and this is brief spoilers if you care at all about continuing the show, is the reveal ends up being that he actually does have ties. After saying he doesn't, he actually does have ties to the music industry. In fact, he's like a weird cult leader. And this is not the first person that he's like kind of tried to rope into his weird dealings. And thus the title, The Idol. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of that gives you that dual meaning, right? Mm -hmm. I just... It's not, it's, it's, it's such a weird choice because it definitely feels like this project that started as one thing that's completely been derailed. And it's just not fun to watch. None of the characters are interesting. They're all kind of slimy in their own little way. I think you only really feel bad for the assistant character. Like, she seems to be the only person in this sea of, like, stereotypes. And yeah, like I, you don't want Jocelyn to succeed because she's not even that great of a like a pop star. There's nothing. There's no thing hooking you to being like wanting her to win.
0: Like you don't want her. There's to no like sad. Like, I mean, the best setback backstory is that if, she was someone and now she's not. But, but you don't see any of that though. It's they just like tell you they,
1: that. Yeah, they just tell you all this. There's no actual visual representation of the person she used to be. We don't hear a a song that made her famous. We don't see a video. Like we see her doing a dance number for this new song. And she struggles with it because she's trying to like get her training wheels, you know, like back up. You want to show no tell, and
0: they just tell, tell tell. There's no
1: context to any of it. You're just supposed to be like, oh. And the Britney comparison, Mm -hmm. by the way, is apt. And the show knows it's apt. Because the show says it straight up. They have a character that says, Oh, she's just like Britney. And I'm like, no, she's not. Like, there's so many different things. There's a lot of writing on the internet about this show right now, I recommend going check some of these articles out. I tweeted one uh, last week about specifically that there's an opportunity for the show to tell a story about modern, what it is to be a modern pop star. And modern pop stars aren't those like, you know, aren't this like, you know, sex like focused edgy kind of vibe anymore. They're Olivia Rodrigo, they're regular teenage girls that are telling stories about their lives. Billy Eilish. They're Taylor Swift. They're Billie Eilish. They're people that are making confessions about like they're mm. they're dealing with their internal struggles. It's not about I'm gonna go to the club and dance sexy anymore. That's not the vibe. And I feel like the show does has a fundamental misunderstanding
0: of what pop music looks like in modern in the modern age. So still calling it the idol, call it the Star <laughs> is Reborn.
1: <laughs> but that's the thing, is like it's not. I feel like even that remake of *The stars Is Born* is a more accurate, accurate depiction of what it means to become a. That's well, more of a fast track, but yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's more—it's more accurate than this. This is just such a weird. It just lives on a different plane of existence, in which pop regressed twenty years, and I just don't understand where it's coming from. And I don't understand why the weekend of all people decided that this
0: is the story he wants to tell. Because he really likes entourage. And he really likes kinky sex. I and guess. He wants entourage, but for the mu- music industry, and that's how they sold it. The last thing I'll say about Entourage it, plus Euphoria on HBO. Yeah. The last thing I'll say
1: about it is I think this solidifies how I feel about the weekend ultimately. We've said it multiple times on this podcast. He makes good music. He makes enjoyable, fun, dance like dance music that's interesting, it's well produced, and he has made some bangers in his time. But the persona of The weekend, I think, is his weakest part. I think he lets it take over sometimes, and it's distracting. I think this idea of The weekend as being this, uh, you know, this this sex-crazed kind of, like, I'll corrupt you kind of vibe, it's always been his thing. And I think here, it is on its face, that is what he's trying to show through the thing. There's a lot of weird quotes coming out lately about how he's, like, been so in this character that it's kind of taking over his personality mm-hmm. it's like kind of method act-y kind of vibes coming off of the weekend right now where he's like oh i i was having trouble singing at my concert because i thought i was still in character and stuff like that it's like where i kind of like half believe half don't <laughs> believe and i don't know if this is all just pr uh for the show and like it's ultimately like i he's becoming one of those people to me where it's like you're creating interesting things but man i just don't like you
0: as a person like separating art from the artist yeah he
1: just gives me weird vibes and this just really finalizes it for me it's like the weekend
0: i don't know about you man
1: Like (laughs) you're really skeevy anyway so if you want to watch something skeevy and weird and kind of borderline uncomfortable that may or may not have like an okay like um like okay cinematography and okay music which i think are just two like only like minor bright spots but the rest of it is such a weird, slimy mess that doesn't really understand where it's gonna go, like or what it wants to be. Maybe I don't know. It's this is for somebody, but honestly I don't know who. Maybe just for Sam
0: Levison and the weekend. <laughs> it really seems like they made it for themselves and they don't really care. So do you think like watching it all at once, bombing it? binging it once it's all out maybe
1: but i feel like that's going to be a lot of slime to ingest all at once
0: i mean i did watch succession so
1: yeah i feel like if you've watched euphoria maybe you're prepared for something like this but even euphoria has it seems like characters that you want to succeed i just don't feel like i want any of these people to succeed
0: well that's how i felt especially not jocelyn that's how i felt the first episode of euphoria too yeah that's how i
1: felt after the pilot of that too and that's why i knew that wasn't for me
0: either. right um,
1: yeah. I don't know. It's weird, and it seems like it's only going to get weirder, judging by, the like, what I know what's going to happen in the future. All right. I don't know. Well, it's, it seems we like... It need, it
0: <laughs> We're hitting our two-hour mark here. Yeah, we are. Like I said. Yeah. So, let's, uh... Does any others else talk about that? No, that was
1: pretty much all this week. So, we can move on to cancellations and renewals. What am I no longer watching? I'll do the cancellations first. Uh... You're no longer watching Perry Mason on HBO. That's been canceled after two seasons. Uh, You are also not watching I Love That For You on Showtime, as it's been canceled after just one season. The Grand Crew has been canceled after two seasons on NBC. Young Rock
0: finally comes to its end after three seasons on NBC. Um, Also with those NBC, uh, the other one, American Auto, still up in the air, but Mm -hmm. probably should hear something next week. On the Bubble. And
1: then Renewed this week, Somebody Somewhere gets a third season on HBO, and Sullivan's Crossing on CW will get a second season as well.
0: Uh, that first season will air in the fall. It's a, uh, I'll say British Columbia, it's a Canadian show, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but they already ordered a second season. All right, there you go. Probably because got rid of everything else. <laughs> yeah, part of CW's
1: pivoted to, huh? <laughs> <Not> <laughs> pivoted
0: sure to CW, uh, Canadian well-being. Yeah, maybe. <laughs>
1: Moving into deaths, we have three to talk about here. Norma Hunt, owner of the Kansas City Chiefs, also known as the only woman to attend all
0: current Super Bowls. Uh yes, especially since the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl and they literally just visited the White House earlier this week. Yeah. Uh but yeah, Norma Hunt, um, yeah. if that last name sounds familiar, that's because she is the daughter, or say, of Lamar Hunt who is the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs, one of the original founders of the Uh NFL. The Lamar Hunt Trophy for the AFL winner, uh, AFL conference winner, is named after him. So will the Chiefs remain in the family? I believe so. Okay. Yeah. All right. Next up, wrestler the Iron
1: Sheik was age 81. Iranian-born Hall of Fame wrestler wrestled in the AWA and, of course, the WWF. Uh, Saw a lot of people. Yeah, for, about, for the yeah, iron cheek, definitely one of the more beloved wrestlers of that '80s kind of that '80s era, that yep. peak era for wrestling. And then, yeah, Pat Robertson died, age ninety three. Religious podcaster, you to know is. this. Move the on, Sh- on, on, Club. <laughs> yeah, you know the Seven Hundred
0: Club guy. Yep, he's now part of the Six Feet Under Club. Awful, awful dude.
1: All right, let's move on to the movie section and our last section today. And we always start with weekend box office numbers. Your number one movie is, of course, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. Huge, $120
0: million domestic Woo! open.
1: That is the second best opening of 2023. Congratulations to spider Completely Spider-Man.
0: blew out its original, uh, the Into the Spider-Verse opening yeah. weekend. Yeah. Which, however to look back at that number, $34 million. That was
1: a slow burn. That was a word of mouth movie. Yes. This is not. This is a break the doors open. Everybody knows it's going to be amazing. Yep. Number two, The Little Mermaid made another $41 million. That's at one eighty six. million. Number 3, The Boogeyman, $12 million this week debuting. Number 4, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 uh with $10 million adding to its 323 total and still underperforming. At number 5, Fast 10 with only a $9.5 million week. That's only at 128.
0: So yeah, you have Across the Spiderverse with 120 million yeah, in and, one in one week. In one weekend and Fast yeah. X at five six weekends now you know they're talking 128? they were
1: talking big game about making this a trilogy of
0: of an ending for I mean, fast ending. x does it happen now
1: i mean it's doing
0: do they still well
1: it? internationally but the domestic box office is a huge difference
0: well i think because they people like here either our front think, office team yeah, i think they burned out or they know that it's not going to end like yeah. it's gonna end on a cliffhanger yeah, but so does Spider-Man, as you discussed. Yes. So maybe not. I don't know. But the thing that I don't think a lot of people know that they are making a sequel, yeah. an already announced sequel. It's something for us. Yeah, I guess so. Because you see fast, fast 8, Fast 9, Fast 8, you say, like, oh, there's a key going to create more of these. Not, probably not realizing that, oh, no, we're going to end the franchise here. Yeah. Because they always have the time. one last ride yep. for the past four rides. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, and diminishing returns, I think is what you would say. Upcoming this week is finally The Flash. After all the pomp and circumstance, the controversy, all of the talks about the DCU, and uh, it just all comes to a head here. Finally, The Flash is All the
0: hype of it saying it's the best DC film. Go see it. It finally comes out for people to watch. And coming out to some middling reviews? Yeah, yeah, I think that's the vibe. I think ultimately that was it was always destined to do that. Uh, the one review I saw was like, it's the best thing DC's put out, but it's being anchored by all the worst things DC has put out. That checks out. But as a bit of co- uh, counter-programming, you also have the blackening. What is the blackening? Besides what I like with my chicken? Uh, it is the... I want to say it's a horror comedy um, about like black stereotypes in horror films.
1: Okay,
0: I see. Well, that's completely different than The Flash, at least. Yes. There you go. But also, not related to, like, a scary movie or, like, The Wayne's Brothers. Yeah, it's a separate kind of thing. Yeah, it's its own new thing. Well, there you go. Other than than that, Transformers Rise of the Beast currently, if you want to go watch it. All right, let's move to our first story. I want to bring up, though, that um, I did see the ending teaser, uh... Post credit scene for Transformers: Rise of the Beast. Oh yeah, does what it, does it tease the next thing? It teases a weird thing. I don't. I think I should
1: spoil it. I don't think you should spoil it because I think that there are probably somebody listening to this who is going to be mad at you.
0: Okay, it goes. <laughs> it tries. It's going to go into a direction that I don't think anyone realizes that it's going. Okay. Because it's weird. If they, if this is supposed to be like a sequel, a reboot, or a prequel. Ah, uh, I see.
1: Okay. Are there maybe some characters from a
0: previous incarnation of the story that reappear? There's some character, so there's some characters from a previous incarnation of a story that get brought up. What? Yeah, I'll tell you off because okay, I don't even want yeah. to. Yeah,
1: tell me off. I'll tell you podcast. off. After. I just don't want to Yeah, you know, somebody's out there somewhere that wants to see this. I don't want to
0: spoil it for them. And if you do, please email us that I spoiled <laughs> it yes. for Fair you. Fair enough. Readaboutpodcast right. at gmail.com. Yes. Before we do that, let's move to our
1: moving news this week. Our first story is, as we mentioned, about the Directors Guild of America. They also have announced a tentative agreement on a... Th- or they have announced a tentative agreement, actually, on a new three-year contract, which makes them different, actually, than the other two guilds. Well, it's not finalized <laughs> yet. Right. The agreement includes wage hikes and a 76% increase in international residuals on the largest platforms. According to a DGA summary, it likely won't bring the labor piece—the stu- oh, the labor piece the studios and streamers are looking for—but it brings even more attention to the WGA, whose strike is in its second month. During a Zoom meeting to explain the deal to membership on Thursday, DGA leadership justified the timing of the pact, stating, quote, "We went as late as one could go with our window." Guild negotiations team members acknowledged that the Union did not get everything it wanted, including a guaranteed additional promotional run and expansion of the DGA's jurisdiction beyond the US and Canada, quote, but the things we didn't get, we'll get next time around, In, unquote. One deal, WGA DGA member or one dual DGA uh, WGA member said that while the foreign residuals increase was solid, the annual pay increases did not make up for inflation and the union's deal made during the 2020 COVID era negotiations, adding, quote, we need to tie our compensation to the success of our work. The leverage we had was historic and the negotiation committee and the DGA leadership squandered it. So, you know, as these things go, you're not always going to get everything you want in these uh, negotiations, but it seems like the DGA was more
0: successful than the other two guilds at least getting a foothold of the kind of thing that they want. Depending on what we mean by success and who's success. Because yeah. what the DGA board did was went up to the 11th hour before the strike was to be enabled and came back and said, hey, here's the deal that they're presenting us. We're going to now put it to a vote to our members. That will happen in the next week mm-hmm. or this upcoming week, rather. So now there's like uh, several days here where they're going to go back and forth between the members of will it be ratified for their new deal or what may end up being the case is that the majority will not ratify it. They will reject this offer. Right. And then we have have BGA joining the WGA on strike while the SAG after, as we just mentioned, are still in negotiations.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of questions, I think, going forward for all all the kilts and whether or not these other shoes will drop. Um, so right now the yeah.
0: AMPTP have presented a tentatively accepted deal to the DGA, mm-hmm. but the members ultimately are the ones who have to accept the deal or not. Well when do, do we know when that will decision will be made? Yeah, uh, it's a week, so they have a week okay. before the next. So by month. Thursday, we'll probably hear something. Yes. Yeah. Um, let's see here. What else? I saw something else about this. I was going to mention. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, some of so the DGA this is not just just main directors. There's also assistant directors D one D two. So on and so forth that are affected with the DGA. So you may see a split here with the big names accepting the deal just to get back to work, mm-hmm. and like TV direct, like film directors, and yeah. like TV directors, smaller and smaller's yeah. rejecting uh, these kind of
1: uh and you know what these T- kind of
0: gratification and the TV guys probably outnumber movie guys. Oh yeah, they definitely do.
1: <laughs> so that's going to be interesting to see what the what the uh, the balance
0: is. Yes, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what the vote is on yes. this. Well, only a matter of time until we find out if all entertainment as we know it is somehow shut down. <laughs> that's what, what we need to keep reminding ourselves: is that Directors Guild is not just film directors; right. it's all um, media directors. Yeah, so we'll see. Hey, if if there's no TV watch, hey,
1: that's just more Diablo Four. That's that's all that is.
0: Uh, what if that it? means that sports gets uh, discontinued because you can't broadcast it? No directors, no technical directors. I guess so. Yeah weird oh no
1: <laughs> what happened I'm streaming radio it is radio it Just is <laughs> listen to your radio or attend
0: your local games yeah
1: there you go all right let's move on to our second story in film today which is about the sequel to gladiator yes so
0: best picture winner gladiator 2000 2000- yes zero 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 not in yeah. the 2000s 23 years ago yes Best picture winner, Gladiator. Well,
1: there's going to be a second one.
0: So, you know how we're talking about how there's a bunch of strikes going on right now? Yeah. How uh, people are, are, mainly studios, are looking to go overseas for productions because they don't want to be interrupted by any type of strikes going on here in the U.S. Yeah. Well, one of those
1: film sets is the set of Gladiator 2, but there's been bad news coming out of that set, as several crew members were injured on the Morocco set of the sequel to Gladiator on June 7th while filming a stunt sequence for the action film. A total of six people received treatment, four of whom remain in the hospital. All of the impacted crew members were treated for burn injuries, according to an individual with knowledge of the production. Two other crew members were treated locally and then discharged. The sequel to the 2000 epic stars Oscar nominee Paul Mescal, Pedro Pascal, Denzel Washington, and Connie Nielsen. Ridley Scott, who directed the first film, is returning behind the camera with David Scarpa writing the script. The spokesperson for Paramount added, quote, The well-being of the cast and crew is of the utmost importance to us, and we have strict health and safety procedures in place on all our productions. Mm. Not so strict as I mm. like mm. It. Mm. We will continue monitoring the situation and taking all necessary precautions as we remove, resume production. Oof, boy. You don't love when that happens, when a bunch of stuntmen get hurt. It's yeah, like uh, it's like what the hell?
0: Where what was the procedure? Like who? What was supposed to be watching this? This feels like Paramount trying to cut corners.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean not just because they're setting it in Morocco, because you need a desert scene for Sword and Sandals. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. But you, yeah, uh, the yeah, thing that you do, you it, it, cut union, corners yeah. when
1: it's not a U.S. Yes, uh, union or production. go around, yeah, non-union production. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, we saw that last year with Rust, and it purposely shooting in New Mexico. mm-hmm to try and Well, skirt. New Mexico is in the United States. Well, yeah, but no, <laughs> but outside of like the uh, 20th of the Hollywood right. where you know you can maybe get a try and get away with skirting production.
1: Yeah, a lot of questions about like what what procedure didn't get followed, who
0: is ultimately responsible, what uh, play, things were not in place, bird sure injuries, mentions probably mentions fire, mm-hmm. um, out of control blaze. A lot of
1: questions, but uh, ultimately we hope those uh, stunt performers uh, recover and that the uh, rest of the shoot goes without a hitch because that's just, yeah, that's scary. Wait, that's the other side of
0: this is that even though we are in the middle of like several strikes happening, there is still production happening overseas that isn't. Yeah. Not not yet. Not yet. Obviously all those actors will stop acting. Uh once yes. the, if the if
1: the uh if SAG actors. Also is I don't know
0: who the casting director is, but to get Paul Mescal and Pedro Pascal on the same <laughs> roster. Great, great job. Good job. It was fun to say. Yes. All right,
1: let's move on to the last thing today. You must have some thoughts about something that you watched
0: movie wise. Yes. Uh I watched um uh, Avatar, The Way of Water on both Max no, and Disney. Yeah, no, I talked about that. Okay. Well it's available on both Max and Disney. No, a new release. Yes. Uh, about a story that we kind of covered when it first went into production two years ago, mm-hmm. Flaming Hot, the story of the Flaming Hot Cheeto. Yes, story of the Flaming Hot Cheeto. More specifically, the guy who created the Flaming Hot Cheeto. Yes, and this is directed by Ava Longoria. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> yes, that Ava Longoria. Right, uh, and it is a interesting biopic. I feel like it takes a lot of liberties in its storytelling. Sure. uh, Make it more entertaining. Well, one, make it more entertaining. And two, uh, especially when you have an eight-year time jump right after your first act, just to (laughs) get the ball rolling, to establish, like, hey, he's been here for eight years. Okay. And now, like, he's, like, just to, like, like, give that sense of, like, he's not just some guy coming into the factory mm. and then all of a sudden like is hit with like oh like i had this idea of how to save the company right like how to save the factory which is what it's originally about um it's based off a book uh flaming hot uh the story of a boy a burrito and <laughs> a cheeto <laughs> it's good it's good uh but it's it's fine it's definitely not a direct one-to-one biopic. It definitely takes yeah. a lot of liberties. Uh, especially when it does a boardroom scene and has the voice of God narration over it <laughs> uh from the main character of like this is how they really talked, but it's like, okay, but like we're gonna like dumb it down like how oh, they actually probably right, talked. Right, right. But you know, for a dramatic effect. Uh it's fine. It's definitely an interesting story. It's definitely a a very american story like a rags for riches a
2: yeah.
0: of a um american dream coming true of like we put everything on the line here and ultimately like ended up with the success mm-hmm. and so can you if you come up with the next great idea the next great flaming hot Cheeto yeah. idea it is interesting right now we're kind of in
1: a weird zone where there's a lot of movies like this all coming out at once about stories about how a, how a product was made like we just had air
0: yes we um, had the founder a couple years back. Yeah,
1: yeah I mean, that seems like that predated the trend a little bit. But like, I feel yeah, like that kind of started. Maybe. But I feel like it's happening more now than ever before. And this is just another example of it.
0: Well, like all these films, though, are like are based off of books.
1: Right, yeah. Which are based off of real-life
0: events, too.
1: So if you think that... It, so basically, anybody who's, like, curious about the story, this is, like, a neat little thing to check out. Yeah. If you it's, love
0: Flamin' Hot Cheetos. If you like flaming Hot Cheetos and want to see, like... Where like the boon of *Flamin' Hot* King. yeah, it's fine. There's nothing like too like outlandish. I feel like in it, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it does lean heavily into a lot of liberties taken into making this thing. Okay, because yeah, like I don't love a *Flamin' Hot Cheeto*, but it is a fast. It seems like it's a fascinating story. When when your ending is and then everybody clapped. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. So that's on Disney Plus and Hulu.
0: Yes, it's on both. Okay. So if you have one or the other, it's there.
1: Okay. Anything else movie-wise?
0: Nothing else for me. Like I said, Avatar. If you want to watch six hours back to back. (laughs) No, I do not. uh, Disney Plus also has a lot of the behind the scenes stuff of Avatar making of Avatar Way of Water. So if you want to spend another ten hours, not on the movie itself, but on the production, it's there.
1: Anyway.
0: All right. So, that'll do it
1: then. We don't have a fan question this week, so that means we can wrap up.
0: Well, we're already 15 minutes over, so let's wrap it up.
1: Thanks for watching and or listening to the Media Boat Podcast this week. We will be back next week for another episode We'll have even more thoughts and news for you. In the meantime, you can catch us on all sorts of sources. If you want to see our videos, you can go onto YouTube, search Media Boat Podcast, find our channel, like, subscribe, and click the bell for notifications when we stream live. You can also hear us in audio form on podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Put in Media Boat Podcasts, and you'll find our podcasts there. Podcasts. You can also find us on the internet, mediaboatpodcast.com. You can find us on social media, at Media on Twitter, Facebook, search Media Boat Twitch.tv slash MediaBoat is where we stream video games. You can uh, watch me playing some Diablo 4 from um, Thursday. I will be streaming some Street Fighter 6 on Tuesday. You can watch Mike's playthroughs of Humanity also on there. Um, also, we will start archiving my uh, rock band streams as well. Uh, there was a, se- uh, a selection on our uh, back end that apparently was prohibiting those from being archived. Okay. Because it was, like, basically there's an option. It was, like, don't archive anything that has copyright, mm-hmm. a copyrighted audio. That was checked. And so it oh. wasn't a, it wasn't archiving any of my streams. So I was like, you know what? We'll
0: take the risk. Okay. <laughs> no one paying attention to it, <laughs> so I didn't check
1: that. Honestly, the worst thing, thing they could do is to take down. And, like,
0: that's fine. Hey, the worst thing they could do is give us a Streisand effect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that.
1: So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I'll, those will be archived from now on. I'll probably... Jump in maybe on Thursday then and maybe do, I don't know. We'll see how I'm feeling because I'm really enjoying those rock band streams. All right. But uh, but yeah, uh, so stay tuned to twitch.tv slash media for, for all that. And last but not least, if you have questions for us, recommendations for what you want to see us stream or watch or talk about, questions you have just about general things, we'll be happy to answer them here on the podcast. Just email them to mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com. Shout out to, um, um, I guess, one of our listeners who interacted with my tweet about, uh, uh, our tweet about Diablo, streaming Diablo. Yeah, apparently there was a queue to get into Diablo. Yeah, we, oh man, there was a real lousy uh, server situation. I talked about it at the beginning of my stream, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, the servers crashed during the-, um, the Like eight, initial days. Summer Game launches, fest yeah. stream. It was like right when they started showing Final Fantasy, uh, the servers completely crapped out. I wasn't able to get in for the next, like, two hours. <laughs> Yeah, it would like a few times went off the charts and it was just erroring me out. So yeah, just be, heads up, if you're going to get in Diablo 4, yeah, I didn't mention this earlier when I talked about it. The one big downside of that game is it has to be online only. And if you disconnect at all, you, you're just thrown out of the game. Apparently, this is bad if you're doing the hardcore mode because death is permanent in that mode. And mm-hmm. apparently, if you get disconnected, you just straight up lose that character.
0: Well, your character will just stand there, and eventually, guys. Uh, okay.
1: And so, yeah, it's bad news. So, yeah, hopefully, they're working on that server stability. But I'll talk about that more probably next week. We're gone for now. See you guys yep. and we'll have a good
0: week. We'll be back next week with more news, more thoughts, and more of us. Beep, beep, beep. Bye. All right. Bye.